0: it's all kind of a lot of work you know, there's a lot of yeah like, i always
1: find that once i've got it like done then you've got it like okay i need to do a bit of artwork for that bit and i need to do like description then i need to choose which tags so it actually gets noticed yeah. so you're always fighting against the ai yep <laughs> like doesn't want to raggy you. obviously you're probably more <laughs> aware of that than i am i'm like i'm aware of it but i don't really
0: I I I'm clearly not great at it because like my algorithm the out like the I can see the numbers are like how many people are watching one. you, you know you can too yeah, course, you, you, you yeah. we're on the same platforms and um and I'm like looking at the numbers just steadily decline so I'm like clearly like whatever I used to be doing they changed something on me because it's not working over here like the the show you know we do you know it's it, it, my show is you know random but like that's kind of like the appeal of it and so I'm like I don't think like the format's changed enough to. You know, cause this great sort of exodus of viewership, it's just people aren't finding it anymore, so um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, it's I clearly... It's
1: something with feeds, I think. What's that? And it's also, maybe, I always think maybe it's something to do with actual numbers. Once it gets into like high numbers, maybe people don't want to just jump in. Yeah. So, because I always think that about like... Uh,
0: you know, maybe... Let's say
1: you're watching a series, and it's like, and it's episode 699. It's like, oh right so i've got 700 600 episodes to catch up on which is why i always think like television what now goes to seasons so yeah like season, and then it doesn't seem so bad oh it's season two episode three i've just got two episodes i can catch up on if i really like it and go back and see season one so i always think oh maybe it's worth doing something like that that's interesting maybe it's just a thought i had no,
0: no 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 that's that's actually fascinating because uh so my podcast uh as it gets exported to like spotify itunes all that stuff uh that is seasons so that's um, mm-hmm. written as like you know. Uh, so right now this is season three. Um, I got to do math to figure out which which episode of season three this would technically be. So this is season three right now. We're um, early on. I think we we're like probably eight or eight, eight or nine episodes into season three. And um, on the podcast uh, apps like Spotify and stuff, it I actually list it like that. Um, it's everywhere mm-hmm. else. It's you know one fifteen that's it's interesting because my uh the actual like pure audio format has maintained its numbers like more steadily than any anything else like it's just like the audience who listens to me on like you know just spotify or just itunes like they really listen and uh so you know hey if you're listening back to this uh you know on spotify or whatever i appreciate you thank you so much um that that engagement that uh you know that the constant. They are the wall. Like they are the the bulwark of, of my audience. So uh, the 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 silent majority of chat gang, as it were. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I find the same thing. Actually, yeah. The audio version is just like the numbers just steadily creep up little by little. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like on the YouTube version, it kind of goes. Some episodes get a lot of hits. some yeah. Don't get that many hits. Some get a lot, and then next one doesn't get that many. It's like. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like a heartbeat.
0: Like just, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously the episodes that have like someone like a Vince Ventrella on, on or uh, or uh, no, you know a, hey, well, like the
1: name, sort of, name, uh, sort of audience bringer. So right? Speak, yeah. yeah,
0: those those go up there, but I, I never wanted my show to be exclusively like about just like parading through all the famous people. You know, I, I feel like that that's a little bit like clout chasing. I don't particularly care for for one, and for two, uh, like I, I, I'm like, all you know, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. What was that?
1: A bit like chasing the dragon, sort of thing. Sure, yeah. In like, you know, army builds, like you know, just going for the the popular lists, just doing that, just doing that. Right, it's changing
0: all the time. And this show's always been about the adjacencies, you know, like. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No. I mean, no. No. No shade on anyone who does, like, you know, does that. But I mean, speaking of that, we've kind of been talking around content. We might as well, might as well do the introduction, and then we can kind of talk about what, what you're more more particularly the kind of content you've been you've been making. Um, I'm, of course, the magical Mister Mephisto, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar. Welcome to AOS Rantcast 115. Speaking of big numbers, that, that's a that's a that's a big one. <laughs> <name>. um, <laughs> I'm talking with Damien from from Jugs, which is you know Japan's United Game. Uh, game Society or Gaming Society, sorry. Um, how's it going?
1: Very well, thank you. It's a awesome. nice, bright, sunny morning here in Japan. Yeah, I'm... we've just most what? place most in Japan. Like Christmas is not a thing; it is a thing, but it's not a thing. So the, the the holiday season began basically yesterday.
0: Okay, so I guess what what holiday season are? So it began yesterday for you. What 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 is the season like? What, what you know? Is there some like it's, a, it's a Shinto short-term. or what, okay? What is it?
1: Togatsu, which basically just means New Year, uh-huh. so uh, and it's more of a Shinto thing, I, really, to be honest. Because as soon as you get to like Gantan, which is like the first day of the year, everyone goes to the shrines and like does the uh, they pray for uh, good things to come in the year. Obviously, next year is the year of the tiger, so it's all tiger iconography everywhere.
0: Huh. huh. So, uh, the- does it feel as like totally overtaken by like commercialization in japan or is it like you know pretty chill like what i guess what's the vibe like educate me
1: the weird thing thing is like the west does with christmas japan's done with christmas but it's like they have christmas it's not a holiday or anything this is the first christmas i've not worked actually because it was on a saturday purely because of that yeah and so so like as soon as it gets to my god beginning of november it's like a big. There's those Christmas decorations everywhere, 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 and it's like Christmas, 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 Christmas. Like sell toys, sell toys, sell toys. Okay. And sell what? So then, and, and sell. Oh, and so, so sell, 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 sell. Buy, 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 buy. Kind of feeling decorations everywhere. Gets to the twenty fourth midnight, everything disappears.
0: Amazing. Twenty
1: it, fifth, and then from the twenty fifth onwards, it's like New Year, 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 New Year. But it's not the same kind of commercial like capitalism on the hyperdrive yeah. feeling about it it's more, it's a bit more traditional. It's like, get home, relax, take your time. Yeah, watch time. So it's that kind of feeling, um, obviously back home it's quite normal on Christmas day. If you're not working to like, just stay at home, yeah. family come and come over, whatever, have a few drinks, open your presents. That's what, uh, new year's day is like here. So New Year's Eve is not such a big thing, but New Year's Day is like it's basically like Christmas. It feels like that. It's family time, uh-huh. flow time, sort of thing. Yeah. that's
0: actually awesome. Like I, I I've said, I, I've observed a few times, borrowed observation really. A lot of people have said it, but America's like greatest exports is is the American culture. Like it's just and um, America and Japan have like a very interesting relationship on account of you know that whole big World War thing and the post occupation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, like post occupation Japan, where like you know you know you know a, a lot of American uh soldiers living in japan and sort of like you know i i did a one of my papers i did in in, in college was actually on um uh, which i guess would be university for you right like uh of uk uh,
1: yes bit, you know, yeah,
0: yeah right. okay um yeah so so one of the papers i actually did was on like you know uh, as a dirty english lit major uh was actually on like sort of the evolution of manga and you know trying to convince all my like Uh, stuffy English lit majors that like uh, genre fiction and manga and comics and all that stuff are literature as well. Um, And uh, I was talking about like, uh, you know, some of the stuff I discovered from there was essentially this sort of like um, this sort of symbiosis. So first off, you have like the uh, Japanese uh, sort of Japanese interest in German film. Uh, was very popular around that time period. But then, like, the, these American soldiers in the sort of, you know, occupation era of Japan would have, the, like, literal Superman comics, and, like, you'd have these sort of riffs on that, like, Superman, uh, you know, Superman comics and stuff like that, and, and then you, you sort of, the influence from the German filmography, which was really, like, where, you know, if Superman punches someone in a Superman comic... Uh, like, you see the punch. Like, it, the punch has happened. It is it is done. And one of the big distinguishers for manga was showing, like, all the way through the actions, having individual cells or indiv- individual, uh, you know, and that was that German okay. film, uh, film ins- inspiration. And, like, honestly, like, as sort of an inception point, like, that happened. And it, like, kind of kept going, like this sort of back and forth. And of course, like manga would come out and then like American artists or like you know, Japanese soldiers would bring some manga back home, American artists would read it, and then we'd start to get like, you know, a lot more like sort of Japan in our comics. Yeah. There's the real cross pollination that happened in like sort of American culturalism. And it's they've kind of always been little inextricably linked. Uh like mm-hmm. you had the cool Japan era, which was their, their term for it, like, the, you know, big, you know, cool Japan, capital letters, uh, was where, where Japan was essentially exporting its culture uh, to the world aggressively. You know, we get stuff, uh, you know, like, that's when you start seeing everything ninja, everything robots, you know, like, just selling yeah, crap yeah. to your kids. And Pokemon is still, the, the Pokemon empire is still going strong. It's off that the same wave of cool Japan. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a really fascinating sort of, like, the world's a lot more connected than I think people... Maybe initially realized even prior to the internet, you know, age like like people want to like hang out. People want to be social. They want to share stuff with each other, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, especially your passion. I think that's that's really what Randcast all about, and I think that's what we're going to talk about here. So, so Warhammer <laughs> in Japan, yes,
2: right?
0: yes.
1: Uh, it's it's gone through a few difficult phases. Warhammer, oh. Like when I first came here in well, I first came here in two thousand and three that was just for a couple of years, lived in this most southern island of um, Japan Kyushu, where it's very hot, very tropical in places, very damp. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was
1: there for a couple of years and but I wasn't really back into the hobby at the time, mm-hmm. so then I came back went back to go back home for a bit, then came back here in two thousand seven and quickly fell into sort of wanting to paint models. And obviously, there's a lot of plastic models here, like, obviously, Gundam and
2: whatnot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Or the entire vast Bandai kind of output of all sorts of things and stuff. Yeah. Which, like I was aware of, I used to read a lot of manga when I was young. I used to watch a lot of anime when I was young. But it wasn't really something that drew me. What I used to do when I was a kid was Warhammer with Mm -hmm. my father and brother. And so I sort of got back here and then... Realized that they had a couple, there's a few like Warhammer shops around, like G, you know, GW shops. Yeah, yeah. There's one in Chiba City. The, the prefecture I'm in is Chiba. Jugs is in Chiba. So that's uh, Tokyo, it's kind of there. Chiba's just down below it. That's the prefecture there. Tokyo's its own thing, obviously.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and so slowly just kind of found out that there were a few GW shops and would just kind of go there. They're always very, very, very quiet, very deserted though. <laughs> anyway, this is back in 2008, so we're still in old war fantasy.
0: Yeah, it's the
1: eighth edition, seventh, eighth edition. End of seventh, start of eighth, and uh, eighth. Like everywhere, I think there was a steady decline in sales more well, than anything else. Not interest per se, but sales until like the end times.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean that was that was that wasn't just you know in Japan that was that was, was that was everywhere. Like Games Workshop with with the Warhammer Fantasy uh, battle IP was just it was it was very it was just. I mean, a Study decline is is basically a description of it from the like the two thousand the you know the two thousands through the basically uh, the end times. Right, like it was just it just. I don't know. I I have my own hypotheses on it. Uh, just sort of like. Really, having no place to go, not really growing well. Um, the fandom, really, you know. Three D printing. Everyone, some people are like, "Oh, three D printing killed Warhammer Fantasy Battle." And I don't. I don't think it, it's that because you know, three D printing would. You know, if if three D printing killed Warhammer Fantasy Battle, then we should see a correlation with Warhammer forty K dying. And Warhammer forty K sales have trended upward virtually forever. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's the opposite land. So you know, you could you could. Th- think maybe you know games workshop diverting interest into into 40k is why part of it and honestly i think like a lot of things there's probably a combination of uh, chicken, a chicken or the egg where you know games workshop probably wasn't you know they they're not it, it's not their main cash cow they're not really driving into it the way they are they are with 40k it's and they're just kind of puzzled why people aren't buying it anymore and there's a little bit of a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy there too but also honestly like i just don't think I don't think your fan base can stay super excited about something that has nowhere else to go. You know, mm. like like it's for me the Warhammer Fantasy like I have great memories of Warhammer Fantasy Battle, but it feels very stuffy and like it's kind of like it, like it like it already sort of the story's all like f- mostly fully told and the world's all filled in and I think that that you know hurt it in some way. And then just from like an outsider looking in, I was playing 40K around that time. And uh and like the absolute disdain the fandom itself seemed to have for Warhammer Fantasy Battle. And a lot of people look at it with rose tinted goggles now, but like see like looking at like exact web forums that told you not to buy Games Workshop models and here's all the proxies out there from all the other companies to buy it and you're an idiot if you buy games workshop fantasy battle models. And I'm like, again, like Opposite day, like, I'm in the 40k community, 40k side of things at that point, I'm just looking over at the Warhammer Fantasy Battle community going, like, wow, guys, like, really? You know, like, not that, like, 40k has ever truly been a wholesome community, like, I've been on Bolter and Chainsword, man, like, um, but, like, (laughs) that disdain for the product itself, like, the product line itself just kind of wasn't there, like, people are, are punch-drunk idiots in love with their space, their space marines, like, they're just you know the, uh, clearly uh you know but with 40k it, with 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 warhammer fantasy battle it wasn't the same vibe you know i think aos on the other hand it, it's clear that games workshop is supporting it very very well it's clear that the passion's there it's clear that the interest is there it's clear that they're driving it i mean its sales have percentage-wise increased over 40ks every year since it's been out like it's clearly the thing growing the fastest and You know, capitalism cares an awful lot about growth, not even necessarily about raw numbers. So, in their company, capitalism-addled mind, they look at the growth and they go, "This is this is a winner," just because of growth.
1: Timing is the good way. Yep. Back then, for here in Japan, it was slightly different than other places in the world. Now, then, the the communities in Japan at that time and now, but less so, is very much Tokyo-based because that's where all the numbers are. That's where most of the clubs are. It's also where a lot of uh, expats live or come to, and they've kind of brought their their own passion, same as me, brought their own passion for like Warhammer with them, mm-hmm. Or forty k as well, and everything. So they're the guys who would go into the shops. They'd be the uh, the guys who um, would get Japanese people who they know friends or what, into it, interested in it. Mm-hmm. And that certainly happened with Jugs, our club. Um, the reason it's jugs japan's united is because we had lots of uh, japanese players come in so we wanted to create something that was like
0: mm-hmm.
1: westerners being able to meet with japanese native speakers and sort of share our passions
0: that's amazing that's why
1: United gaming so that was the underlying principle uh, as well as the uh, play on words obviously with jugs just thought it's funny mm-hmm. i didn't come up with that name <laughs> um, uh-huh. um anyhow anyhow that's a by the bye uh so during that period, we had a lot of members from different countries because we had lots of people coming in from universities around the world, mm-hmm. students who wanted to play. Some of them even brought their models with them and stuff, uh, others like borrowed armies or used armies then. So that was all going on. So it was quite a healthy environment for 40k in our little club and uh, for fantasy as well. And at the time, uh, GW had actually, they're releasing all of the, like, the army books for free in Japanese translations. Okay. So you could just download them for free. So you could just, and that got a lot of uh, Japanese interest in it's,
0: it's crazy. If you give people, like, free stuff, like, at, near that barrier of entry, they'll get into your thing. It's, like, almost like. That's they should do that. That's really crazy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously,
1: when <laughs> AOS started in as well, you know, free rules, yeah,
0: all the war scrolls, we get the like, war scrolls for free, all, you know, all, yeah, the, all yeah. the war
1: scrolls, all the old clunky rules back then and stuff. Uh, mm, the, but, like, yeah, for generating interest, obviously, privateer press did a lot of that, uh, more so back in the day than now. Uh, mm-hmm. and so anyway, that generates a lot of interest, but anyway, drug yeah, dealers the do it time, time,
0: too. The first hit is free, right? Like, it's, it's just. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: It's, it's the way to go. Yeah, here's your
0: first go. hit of plastic crack. There you go. Like, yeah. Now say yourself to us. So,
1: uh, yeah, partway through the end times, they just like, they just cut all that off, I think. And they've stopped all that. And so yeah. loads of Japanese on the like, oh, right, this is, this is not going anywhere. And just like, the bottom just fell out of it from that point of view. Obviously, they're going to kill the world anyway.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so that caused a lot of kind of, funny feelings across the community Mm -hmm. and so we also saw them closing uh gw shops down here and there ones that weren't doing very well obviously Mm -hmm. and so it just shrunk to about a couple of shops in tokyo and then nothing else and all the native people just like uh, you know native japanese players mostly like uh let's go elsewhere and so so you saw them all sort of head off which kind of really really fractured our little group Mm and it also had similar effects on many many other little groups
0: was so yeah it... they had a... go, go on. ahead go ahead no no go on go on finish your thought
1: so uh yeah that that was a real kicker and then then aos came out like you know a couple of months later after the last uh, book Archean and from that i think they, they really wanted a new start that started out in these few gw shops they had in tokyo and from there because it was successful And forty K was very successful at the time. They kind of the company seemed to change their way of doing this. Basically, consolidated everything to a couple of shops that were doing well, Mm -hmm. and then kind of rebranded everything. And then they've slowly grown since then, and it's grown and grown and
0: grown. Well, that's around the the time of the new CEO as well, as I recall. Like exactly exactly. round 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 tree or round bottom or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's that's right. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, obviously because the thinking before that was very different before now. So that that sort of strategy went hand in hand and it's worked very well here. Interesting. Um, although the community is still small. But you can you can really see it here. In other place, I think in other countries it was less obvious because there was more of a an ongoing community that went on. But it was, it was kind of a small community to start with uh-huh. that got slapped about the face. Yeah. Uh shaken about a few people clung on but then they rebuilt a new body around that
0: skeleton yeah yeah I'm, I'm all for like big. resurrecting skeletons uh let me tell That's you awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so real quick here take over mars hots for showing up dropping a thousand rdp to remind everyone chat gang ain't nothing to mess with hey how's it going uh vampiris how's it going manzag uh, Manzak saying quite interesting about uh, holiday celebration in Japan. Yeah, yeah, no, I like this is you know peak rant cast for me is like we're talking about Warhammer, but we're also getting a, a little culture lesson here. And this is you know it's the adjacencies of gaming that unite us and bring us together. That's the shit that that uh, that I'm really interested in. Um, so so I'm just kind of like putting together a rough timeline. So so y- Jugs has been together since like 2008, like your your gaming club.
1: Uh, I think we came, we kind of unofficially got together, a few of us, about, yeah, 2008, 2009. Okay. And then we kind of, with with the name and stuff, a little later than that, 2010 maybe, 2010,
0: yeah. So your club's been around about like a decade now. Like, I mean, a little over a decade. Um.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thinking about it, yes.
0: Yeah, did it, it, time flies now. Huh? You're like, crap, we have been doing this for like 10 years. Um. 10 years. Over <laughs> <laughs> 10 years, that's bizarre, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's cool. So, so I guess you know, from the you know sort of American perspective, you know, we, we talk a lot about ourselves, obviously, um, you know, and then it's pretty much UK, um, Australia are kind of like the three dominant scenes we really tend to like talk and think about. Now I happen to know a lot of like really awesome like sort of German players in Warhammer, so like I'm when I'm talking to like you know you know some you know, uh, German uh, some. uh you know, some, I think I, one of my friends in Denmark and, and, uh, and then there's some Scandinavian, uh, folks thrown mm-hmm. in there. Um, <clears throat> so I tried to like, look at like sort of your, like Euro from that, from, you know, getting, getting, uh, information from them when I talked to them. And I feel like, you know, the sort of like, wait, Japan plays Warhammer, um, maybe catches some people as, a, uh, by surprise a little bit. And to just show that this isn't just like, you know, a couple, you know, you know, of the big, you know, regions, it's actually like. It, it really is global. It's starting to percolate out there into into other countries and stuff. I think that's really cool. Um, so, uh, how many people are in your club at this point?
1: At the moment, it's hard to say because people come in and out. So, active players there's only about a dozen of us active playing I think at the moment. That's right. A- uh, we've we have people who've like come over and then they've been here at university, and then they've gone back home, but they yeah. still stay in contact and like send us yeah. pictures of. Models and stuff, or yeah. you know, so it's, it's it's been a revolving door. I think uh, obviously COVID hit us quite hard, it hit everywhere quite hard. Yeah, because obviously Japan's very been very good about why the numbers have been, as they are, I suppose, like wearing masks, disinfecting all the time. Even though we've not had, we've never had a hard lockdown.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, it was only during the Olympics that the numbers went pretty crazy. But then after that, yeah, the government just kind of goes, well, everyone, just be careful now, wear your masks. Uh, get vaccinated. Obviously, vaccination rates here are very high compared to other countries. Finally, so well, I think we're up to seventy-eight percent of the population. Yeah. Oh, the adult population. Yeah, my, my buddy.
0: Uh, talking to my buddy Chris, like he he's uh uh he as I mentioned, he lives in uh he lives in Japan, uh, kind of in the off off part. Talking to him, like his per his his experience of of um COVID nineteen has been like. A lot different. Like, he did talk about, like, there's, like, a week or two in there where there was, like, he felt like Japan was really going backwards, and maybe that was around mm-hmm. the Olympics, and, you know, just, you know, wasn't... Yeah, paying yeah, yeah, paying yeah. It t- The numbers went really briefly. Yeah, he felt like, they, like, I remember him being, like, really, like, kind of perplexed, and, and he's got, like, a young family and stuff like that, so, like, I remember him being, like, really, you know, um, you know like, you've got your new parent uh, stressors, and now you got your, you know... Global core, uh, global pandemic stressor too. So I remember him like having one one of those weeks where he's like, yeah, yeah, this guy sucks. It sucks, man." And he's like, kind of criticizing the Japanese government, but really, most of the time, he spends time criticizing the American government. Still, even though he's a, uh, I know Chris, you're a Japanese citizen now, brother. I uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, no. <laughs> uh, we got to excommunicate him now. No. Um, no. <laughs> uh, no. Um, no. I, I I I mean, yeah. Like you said, COVID nineteen has hit kind of everyone uh, like really hard but like 12 12 players I mean that's that's a proper club that's a you know that's that's a proper LGS you know grinder scene you know more so than I think any of the uh, you know Milwaukee had two GW stores and, and a handful of like non GW uh, affiliated stores that were gaming centric uh, were war gaming centric and <clears throat> I think they peaked at like six to eight players per so you know, you're seeing a lot of the usual suspects at the, with those numbers, so. But that's cool. So, I, I guess tournament scenes, is that, is that, y- you were talking about an end of the year uh, tournament, actually, last time we were talking on, on Twitch. So. Well, yeah, we're
1: just going to have a quick game tomorrow. That's it. Just a couple of us, though, this time. We've, we've had other, attempted to have one, a little one, at just my place.
2: Uh,
1: cause I've got, like, a biggish house, so I've got a few rooms spare and stuff. So, it's just a couple of us tomorrow but we've had games where like about six of us just didn't, you know, get together, just do a real, like, use the rules of like AOS or 40K or something, and then just do a role playing, like old the old Inquisitor game, sort of like that sort of feeling, yeah. or uh, we did one, there was just a bunch of us that time, it was like seven right eight of us who got together, and we did like, we used the war cry rules. We linked loads of little narrative games. It just told the story of a group of goblins who like went out hunting for stuff and then one of them got kidnapped and then he had to go and rescue it and so it's five or six linked games we play over a day and everyone just played their little group of goblins but all together versus me as a gm or whatever so (laughs) stuff like that just really kind of really role-playing-esque but using the core rules of like games and stuff that's just a special sort of end of year thing we've had little mini tournaments in our in our little club Mm. the biggest i think two Two years now we've had like a proper tournament though not not our club it was over in um, kansai called the rising sun tournament mm-hmm. that's a proper tournament yeah that's yeah I saw I saw oh, so, uh, yeah like
0: yeah yeah I just recently heard of that one yeah 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 so, like um, AO's really coach was talking about it a little now. bit yeah
1: mm-hmm. so they that's over I didn't go to that one because it was during COVID the second one was the first one was just before that that's over in kansai that was run by uh uh, a, a gentleman who's just come back to um, Portugal, I think, now, but he he sort of set it up. Champi, his name was. Uh-huh. Uh, you can see him. He's quite very active in the AOS community. Actually, still now. Uh-huh. But anyway, he kind of set that up in Kansai where he was, which is Osaka way, Osaka and
2: uh, yeah,
1: Kyoto that way. So uh, they had quite a few players. I don't know how many players. It was like mm, it's been 12, 18 or something like that. I'm not quite sure. I didn't go. They did, um, AOS, AOS also did 40 K I think it was, I think it was 12 players for each system.
0: Uh-huh. And, uh, two day or two
1: Yeah. Uh, I think it was a two player, two day, yeah. And then, um, the next year, yeah, they did the same yeah. and then he went back home, but he left everything in the, uh, hands of some of the Japanese players who really got into it. So now it's just become a very Japanese con- you know, controlled thing. And most Japanese players are bilingual as well. Not all. A lot of our club wasn't, but like me and my friends were bilingual, so it's not a problem. So you got to learn loads of really obscure, <laughs> obscure <laughs> Japanese words that you don't really use. Um, but anyway, so they, they've been the two clubs, and they've been they've featured on the War Warhammer community website a little bit and referenced. Uh, AOS Shorts did an interview with Champi, as I recall. I remember reading that it's about a year ago. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, so they have a Facebook group as well. And that probably gives a fairly good idea of the number of players, at least on Facebook, in Japan. That's about 180, 200 players Mm -hmm. in that group alone. And that's Japanese speakers and English speakers as well. Yeah. So so the community is probably about that, with maybe about 80% of that player base here in Tokyo, maybe 20% over in Kansai, which on the Shinkansen train, the bullet trains, probably you can get there in
0: uh 30, 40 minutes an hour. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, I, I mean I drive like six hours for a tournament. Like I'm like unfaced. Um but you know a lot of landmass spread out right in America. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> um the um you know something as you're like talking through this it comes to mind is is how we often think about Warhammer, I think when we talk on it, like certainly on podcasting and and, uh, on Twitter, we tend to talk about tournaments and stuff. And I'm like, right now I'm kind of like going through it and I'm like, you know, reminded of the fact that like the average Warhammer player isn't uh, like per se a tournament player. Like most people are a lot closer to like kind of what I was like when I was a kid. Playing Warhammer, where it's just like kind of me and my like four friends, and we just we only ever played at really each other's houses. We didn't really go to. The, we went to the store a couple times. Like, like I I, ha- I have to imagine that there's a there's a good like a good chunk of players in 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 you know Japan or anywhere in the world really, and that's their experience of Warhammer. They don't necessarily like go to a, a, like an LGS or 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 like a you know a tournament every year or anything like that. They're just kind of happy to be in their little like group of friends and and playing Warhammer together. Like if you have a storefront you're probably selling to more than 12 people, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Uh, so, so so I do wonder, I often wonder about like, what is the platonic state of, of Warhammer? The, you know, the, the, as a you know, uh, Plato, not, you know, um, I don't know, like free from love, but what is the essential or quintessential state of, of Warhammer? And, uh, we often talk about it from a tournament standpoint, but that's that's not like again. That's I don't think that's the representative one. I don't think I that's
1: this is like that's that's the bit of the iceberg you can see, but there's obviously uh, yeah more, more to it underneath. And uh, it's very easy to talk about what the iceberg looks like and you can see, but there's much 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 more underneath. I think most of the groups in to, in, in in Japan, the Warhammer groups or gaming groups, not just necessarily Warhammer tend to be like us, there's, there's some like north of Tokyo, west of Tokyo, in Tokyo and stuff. And they're just groups of friends. Uh, often they'll be like um, foreign people like myself, who will like, they have uh, foreign friends. And then obviously Japanese people get involved, get interested. Mm-hmm. And they just get together. Sometimes they'll like hire out a community center and they can do the gaming there because you've got all the table space and stuff. And that can have up to like 10, 12, 15 people in it. Mm-hmm. That's quite common. So it's everything everything's kind of very mm, home based but going out to little different places. Mm-hmm. So one of the best way the, the way that everyone all these different like sort of little groups these little acorns of groups are all linked is through through Facebook bizarrely. There's like a it was a tabletop game it is a tabletop gamers of Japan which is a big face group which is run by some people out of the uh, local army base the the um, American Army base mm-hmm. over in the west side of Tokyo, Zama yeah. Zama base it's called, and that's that's got like eight hundred members in it,
2: yeah. and that's
1: like a big sort kind of it's a hub that everything kind of links to. So if you're looking for new players or looking for people where near where you live, you kind of go there, and then kind of uh, you know me find other players or people near you. Then from there, and from there, if a couple of people get together, then they can start their own little club. <laughs> find gamers that way. It's, it's very like that. It's like like a little, uh, yeah. like like a, a half made web. It's all kind of joined together. and You just follow the strand in yeah. and then run back out to find people who are actually connected to you. You didn't realize we're connected to you.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, the world's a lot smaller than you realize once you start like uh, you said connecting the web. I mean, this anything you focus on, if it's if it's writing or film or whatever, you'll wrestling. Uh, I've got a wrestling podcast coming up uh, later on in January. Uh, that I'm going to going to advertise to the three very passionate people in chat gang who love wrestling have a former ECW star coming on there Um, but uh, it's, it's fascinating the more you like focus in on these like communities the more you realize they're connected to like you know everyone else like you know Henry Cavill is, you know, big 40k guy, but chances are if you're playing 40k, you've probably played someone who's played Henry or, you know, or sold a box of minis to, hen- you know, Cavill or something like that. So, like, it's 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 really fascinating, and, and I, I from it makes me feel rather optimistic about the world, quite frankly. Like, I get down on especially social media. Um, I think it's easy to do, um, but seeing it used for good to, to sort of, like, network and, and find communities... I, you know, as a curmudgeonly old ancient, you know, gamer—not the oldest among us, but, but in my day, pre-internet, uh, you either got your friend into the game you wanted to play, or you didn't play the game. <laughs> you know, like if you yeah. couldn't, if you couldn't, you know, propagandize and sell a couple of your friends on it, you were you weren't playing it. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> well,
2: that's simply
1: something that happened here as well. Now, in Japan, there's there's a big sort of uh, collecting models sort of community. Like subculture, yeah. like with all the uh, gun uh, dam and stuff and all that. It's a massive, massive sort of painting community. Huge, huge. There's also a big sort of card gaming community, like uh, yeah. Magic the Gathering, obviously, very, very popular here. No, no, all- player on, named Kenta from, from all Japan. Stripes. Yes. Yeah. All stripes of that sort of ilk is very, very popular. They have gaming shops where you can just go there, you rent a table for a day. Or- for an afternoon, a few hours, whatever, and play board games, play card games, play whatever you want. You can bring your own stuff, use the stuff that's in the store. There's a big sort of subculture of that. It's huge, huge, but huge part of the culture that way. And so people within that community, we might like, go in there and just play games now and again. They're, they're like, a lot of them are aware of Warhammer, never played it. They just know the name and uh-huh. they know, like they have images of it. So it's kind of there, uh-huh. but it's not, I think what GW's kind of doing, trying to do now is just access this kind of, this kernel they've seemed to have sort of just placed all over the place. Yeah, uh, And I think that's why AOS has numbers that are growing. One thing that was very popular here, before COVID kind of hit, really, uh, was um, Warhammer Underworlds. I've got a few boxes over there. Yeah, If you went into regular sort of hobby shops, of which are a lot, um, you'd see quite a lot of not a lot. You see, you see a few people playing Underworlds. Underworlds had quite a bit, certainly season one and Shadespire, had quite a lot of people interested on the Japanese side. And they were running the, they, they had the Shade Glass, you win a trophies and stuff. And they're winning little mini tournaments like that day. Huh. And that, got a lot of traction, that got a lot of people into AOS. Like just, just, just exposing them to the models, exposing them a little bit to the lore. There's not that much lore written in the, uh, the old um, Warren Wonderworlds boxers, but it just got that sort of into the uh, national, not national, but that's the psyche of that subculture. Yeah. So it's kind of there. So it's I can only things see things getting better because they've planted the kernel. They just need to water it enough that it actually sort of grows
0: into right. something. Well, I I think but, from I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish your finish. I was, was going
1: to say, uh, but uh, I was speaking to somebody and they were saying a lot of people. Who uh, actually own Japanese people own uh, AOS models are there for painting it for hobby. There's there's some amazing like hobby painters here in Japan, like amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, scale model painters as well. There's just like there's a amazing sort of painters yeah. all over the place. Yeah,
0: yeah I, and- I, 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 <laughs> I was kind of part of what I was going to say. Keep, keep going. Yeah
1: yeah well these people are just like they'd just be randomly painting some in krieger or something one week the next week they're playing like a, a painting a gundam model then they'd be painting like a you know a stormcast eternal yeah and all that's into features in these sort of hobby magazines that are very popular that you know that, that that sort of subculture reads every week every month you know comes out and some one week have some uh you know warhammer models in there so just as pure for pure modeling there's uh, there's people who are just buying up the models. Yeah. Not not playing the game, but they're buying up the models. And I think yeah. that's keeping things ticking over. And obviously, AOS models are just beautiful.
0: Right. It's- yeah. See, I, I think I, I have to think that Games Workshops like real way into like you. I think you called to use your own phrase earlier. You said like the sort of otaku, like the broader otaku culture, like the Japanese like sort of gamer nerd Ooh. sort, of, um, is sort of via uh, more the hobby side. You know, and I think Games Workshop's aware of like how strong their hobby, you know, can be as a game. Like you know, we're a minis company first is like the the old go mm. go to line. Yes, yeah. Sir. But but like with with you know with with appealing to the sort of like minis agnostic people who just want to paint in Japan and like like you said. I follow a handful of Japanese painters that I've never talked to. I just follow them on Twitter because, like, I see they're really good minis, and I like seeing them in my feed, and then, like, mm-hmm. you know, one week it's a bust of a game I don't recognize, and, like, maybe there's a Gundam next week, and, you know, the blends and the colors and the just the, the depth of detail. I see just, this needs to be in my feed, so I, like, click the follow button. Um, mm-hmm. And then you see the occasion. Like, I, I saw it because I saw them do one Warhammer model once, and then, like, now I get to see all the stuff, and... Um I think there's something to that. Like I think there's a uh you know I don't want to like microaggress you know Japanese people work harder than anyone else and do do stuff like that but there is a sort of like you know Japanese excellence or or uh, uh what is it called? You know like a sort of like uh it's that shintoism right like that sort of like distilled down that sort of like um uh like fixating on you know t- doing everything excellently or whatever is the old uh, Yeah getting against yourself
1: your perfect space goes the zen kind of feel to it, yeah, mm.
0: yeah, yeah. So, um, but no, no, I think hobby is probably like there. And, and Shadespire boxes, quite frankly, are some of our strongest, like pound for pound models. Um, mm-hmm. like our, the minis that show up in Shadespire are just excellent. Um, real quick, uh, Gore Grunta Bell, uh, with the tier one sub, thank you so much for that. Um, <laughs> It's like Jingle Bells or something, like Gorgrunter Bell? No, I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> Good name. Good I'm name. Really I'm it. I like that. Yeah, Gorgrunter yeah, Bell. Yeah, no, I th- I think hobby and, and painting and stuff like that is especially, like, alluring with Warhammer. Um, it doesn't matter where or, or, you know, who you are. It's, quite frankly, I think we have some of the strongest minis around in, in wargaming. Now, there are dedicated, like, sort of, uh, you know, miniature hobby, Uh, you know, like, uh, Companies that don't have a game attached to it and all they care about is releasing excellent minis, and they're obviously mm-hmm. going to have a high caliber. Let's see a lot of like really great busts and 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 dioramas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder, Games Workshop's done a little bit more of the diorama type stuff now. Uh, there was that one oh, I,
1: with some of the videos. yeah 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 the um, the Slanesti Champion and stuff. What's his name? The the, the fat dude. Yeah, glucose.
0: Oh. You've got Catacros. Uh, um, I think. Oh, Pir- yeah, sure. yeah, my boy Catacros uh, really uh you know i think redefining what minis are but even before that there was that 40k uh like primark or whatever the the nurgle one it's just this huge sprawling Atletarian, yes. yeah 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 stuff like that were just really as far like really just making the minis as art pieces not just game mm. pieces and a, a game workshop going in in that direction a little bit more um you know that's that tip of that iceberg like a lot of us play the game you know a lot of the people i talk to play the game but there are really so many people that just like um you know paint and i think that that's probably got to have a little bit more like international appeal when you have these sort of fractured communities you know wherever you are
1: mm-hmm. yeah definitely definitely so that's definitely a, a thing that's definitely a thing here yeah that's probably that's probably then um there might be more painters than there are players i'm not sure but yeah
0: yeah yeah. Um informing me, think the old Will Ferrell SNL gag but with iron jaws. That's even better. Like you have you have a fever and the only prescription is more Gruntabell I like it. <laughs> 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 uh, thank you for the sub. Um yeah, uh, no, I am. Um, so I guess um sort of talking about like sort of diversifying, you actually have like your you have the the Jug's Twitter account and uh, YouTube channel um but then you also have like the tavern keeper like how do you when you're not playing or when you're not i mean i think you had a pretty first hand lesson this these last couple of years but when you're not really playing like how what are the ways i guess what is the Jug's approach to warhammer and sort of like appealing you know to like maybe the lore perspective the hobby perspective like what kind of yeah what kind of approach is it for for your club and 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 how do you i guess you you make content too and and, and you, that content you do put out so
1: yeah, I mean, uh, with the YouTube videos, we did like many, many, many years ago, we did like an old battle report, uh, not me, my, um, the person who said, I said, it, we said it all together, a friend of mine, John, he did, we did a battle report for an old uh, Warhammer fantasy game back in 2011 or something. And that got quite a lot of you know, people watching it and stuff, but he was such a nightmare for him to sort of put it together. He's like, I never want to do that again. Never, ever want to do that again. I quite enjoyed that, but didn't do anything with it until like Corona and then, cause we couldn't get together and we were playing, we were going to play games remotely. I thought, well, I can just video these and just turn them into battle reports. So that was just a way to sort of connect us and, uh, keep things ticking over and feel like we're still together and doing things, mm-hmm. even though we weren't physically getting together, mm-hmm. So yeah. that's how sort of the content creation side of stuff started.
0: Well, it's been really cool seeing like the, the minis. You do these little like sort of like uh, like mini parades almost where you'll you'll kind of like do like a, a video update of, of either some different hobbies that's, that's progressing or you'll have like one mini that's featured. Like that stuff's been really cool to watch. So is that yeah, one member? That's, is that's, that just you or is that like a bunch of people?
1: Honestly, people send me the you know, any of the members who are painting, not that many at the minute. Uh, shame, right shame on
0: you! Need to shame them. Some, some good old fashioned, just, just shaming them into painting. Um. Come on, paint! <laughs> <laughs>
1: I try to. So I'm very religious with that. So like every Wednesday, that'll come out. Um, and so this is what I've done. And so this is it's finished stuff. It's like it's a deadline thing. I'm, I'm I respond very well to deadlines. Mm-hmm. I respond very well. I respond to deadlines. I don't know if I respond well to them. I respond to deadlines. Yeah. So I set myself deadlines need to have at least one model done by this wednesday, by wednesday and that's what i'll show and i'll try and get other people to do the same yeah and nobody does uh, it, so it's just that. you're, you're it's working just, on like, them. You'll like,
0: them you'll get them you'll get them
1: i think as soon as we start playing a bit more now now like corona numbers here are in like single figures which is amazing <laughs> like if you
0: think, yeah yeah if, if, we're 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 probably going to kill a million Americans by uh in like these by uh, in the next like three months here we're at last time I looked at them was probably a month ago there were seven hundred seven seven hundred seventy seven thousand dead and like the the daily numbers were like like kind of appalling and like uh, all right best country uh, in the world everybody
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh blighty's the same England's the same yeah So it's, yeah. it's all kind of uh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so so we can get back anyway, here we can get back to some sort of normal Sorry, thing. do
0: I just doomered out of nowhere. I'm not normally like the Doomer guy, just like crap. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, I'm sorry everybody. Uh like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my editor fix that one in, in post. We'll <laughs> take that out there. Um <laughs> No, your numbers are doing good, uh, um probably looking at some. So, so we can get
1: back to some sort of gaming, face to face gaming, which has been something that's missing for quite a while now. Um Where was I going with that? I think that's right, really. Um, so hopefully, yeah, yeah, we'll get, to, we'll be playing more, so that'll you know, incentivize people to paint more, which is kind of what, what I wanted. So yeah, doing the little videos each week's just a deadline thing
2: mm-hmm. for me
1: to, uh, get stuff done and not sort of just sit on my laurels, we've got loads of models painted, but there's lots more I want to paint, so, so that's the thing.
0: You also, as a, you, you do the, uh, sort of every Wednesday you drop a like under the brush video mm. um up to 87 yeah. of them now um and uh, i did share the link here in in chat to your youtube um and looking yeah. up jugs on youtube might not be as productive as you think everybody uh so it's
1: not that it doesn't <laughs> come up in, in the way you make hope
2: <laughs>
0: so i i typed out J- uh, japan united gaming society i was already subscribed so maybe that's why it popped up immediately but i, I actually typed out the uh japan united gaming society and then just warhammer and then like you were the first few results um and like i said i'm already subscribed so so everyone can like subscribe to that every Wednesday. you get to see some minis but you also do uh the master tavern keepers like history of the old world world which is yeah so so you want to take me through like maybe a little bit of conceit of that and you know i mean that's almost as prolific i mean you, you that's almost as prolific as um uh, as your minis, and there's some production behind that, and like you kind of like really, yeah. So you want to take me through mm-hmm. like the conceit of that and and sort of the process. Yeah, and...
1: that, that stemmed from we we're playing. It was whilst it was after we a few years ago we played like uh, Silver Tower and like um and I an old game, Advanced Hero Quest, from years ago before Warhammer Quest. It was it was like the iteration before Warhammer Quest. I happened to have that copy with me, and so. Uh, years, a few years ago, we did like an AOS version of that, mm-hmm. but then a friend of mine who's really into old Hammer uh, wanted to play some advanced hero requests, so I said, okay, we'll play a game, and I recorded it and turned it into a little uh, bat rep, yeah. and then, because it was not what to be a little ongoing story, I just added a, a local tavern keeper, just to sort of tell what's going on. Yeah, it's a narrator, adding a lore. narrator,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so just a little narrator there, and then... So there'd be like a back rep, a little bit of chat from him, a back rep, and then like a bit more chat from him. And there's a, the, the post-adventures uh, bit where he kind of speaks as well. And then just slowly started building up into this story. And so because right doing the back reps is such a time-consuming thing, it takes hours and hours and hours and hours. I was like, okay, just, just sort of putting out some content each week, I'll just kind of fill out the rest of the world. Because also the players weren't really aware of the old world per se. Mm-hmm. And so every week I just put out like a little, it was supposed to be just like a short 10 minute thing and uh, just tells them about the world and stuff. And then slowly it kind of grew into a big telling everything in the world. And then also because I'm quite into AOS and some of the others aren't, I, I wanted to link the old world stuff to the new stuff. So I make sure it, it's, it's encompassing all of that. So. Even though it's set in the 15th century in the old world, there's lots of little AOS hints here and there, little 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 nuggets that will mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. come to fruition if you read the lore of the of the Age of Sigmar. But also wanted to consolidate lots of old lore from like first, second, third edition, fourth edition, fifth edition Warhammer, which tends to be ignored when it's got, when it came to like sixth edition, a lot of stuff just got dumped. Yeah, on. that see, that's
0: Isn't that's the there, era of Warhammer that's... I'm from, like for Warhammer yeah, Fantasy Battle. Yeah, it
2: would have been that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I was the uh, you know for uh, I started in 4th edition with the army book on dad and then, you know, then there was oh, yeah, yeah. and there was Vampire Counts in 5th edition and you know Tomb Kings was supposed to come out. It, no idea where that book ever went. Uh <laughs> 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 Love love my Tomb King bro- uh, brothers and sisters NBs out there. Um so no 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 harsh in their mellow. Um, no, I just yeah, like so I got into that and then basically I went off to college and then like 40K was the game of the land, so I played 40K. Like you play what your friends play, mm-hmm. right? Um so, I played 40k, and by the time I came back, like, you know, I'd done fourth, fifth, about sixth edition, I believe. Um, by the time I came back, like, the, it was a different landscape. The, the world had blown up. Like, end times happened. I was, I missed all the end times. I've, the narrative I've sort of culturally osmosed now. Like, I have I understand what would happen just through conversation, but uh, never read any end time stuff. Never really. I, I, I'm told that the vampire counts Battle Tome in the last edition. There, what was that seventh or eighth? Would have been eighth, maybe. Eighth Yeah, game yeah. Eighth, yeah. I, I'm told that they were like public enemy number one. People really hated like our hero hammer vampire, which honestly mm, just fills color. me with with warmth and 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 delight. <laughs> Hearing that, like, uh, had I still been playing in the end times, people would have hated my vampires. And uh, honestly, your delicious cheers, uh, uh, tears uh, sustained me. But this is a really cool project because there's sort of a like a, a synthesis between, uh, like you said, that, that that AOS, but then also that like that old world shine. I mean, quite frankly, I feel like you're positioned really well when the old world comes back to have content exactly for what people in AOS need to kind of like go backwards. So I mean, you're. It's. I mean, this is the problem of us, like small content creators. We're really awesome, but like not a lot of people are seeing our stuff. And so I really hope that after uh, this episode gets out there, you get like I don't know, like let's say fifty more subs or something like that, and then that people way. people watch your stuff. <laughs> well, that's
2: definitely
1: definitely the idea behind it. Because uh, here, there's a lot of uh, expats who've come over who are like long in the tooth, let's say, mm-hmm. and they have fond memories of like old Warhammer and stuff and they have a they have we talked about earlier so trigger words if you mentioned like age of sigma it's like the blinders go down <laughs> like a snarl and it made like start first edition was uh, a big mess but that and that, that that kind of initial kind of misstep that the image of that misstep mm-hmm. almost uh in the way it was released and sort of advertised and whatnot has remained in, in many of the uh, older gamers who kind of quit with eighth or even before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas now obviously with the second edition and and then now third edition, the way the law has been developed, there's now the rules have been developed. It's become mm-hmm. a, very, di- a very, uh, very different beast. I mean, you know, I mean yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's become its own thing. It's become as equal to maybe even surpassing, most surpassing, I'd say, the old Warhammer law and stuff in the way it's cohesive and full of interest in it. uh, I'll come back to it in a minute. Um, Anyway, because uh, lots of older players here have these kind of blinders on when it comes to this, I want to to kind of, to those people kind of introduce some stuff that's going to happen in AOS in this kind of slice of stuff that they're familiar with Mm -hmm. and also vice versa Mm -hmm. uh, for like, when thinking about like the old world hopefully coming back whenever it does. Like, have that sort of there for players who might want to get into that. I'd yeah. like to get into that
0: as well. well or or so. anyone who's playing, like, Total Warhammer right now. Like, Total Warhammer yeah, 2. Yeah, Total yeah. Warhammer's a massive... Yeah, huge. Huge. I mean, there's probably more people playing Total Warhammer right now than, than Age of Sigmar. And, and that is not to downplay how many people play Age of Sigmar because uh, it is highly successful. It has been crushing it like, again, numbers-wise. Like, Games Workshop uh, went up, like, like hundred percent, hundred percent, like just crushing their their sales, like even through 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 a global pandemic, to where they're now at like a better profit margins after operational costs than like Apple and crap. Like yeah. they're just in like I don't. Games Workshop puts a lot of effort into maintaining the small company, you know, like humble thing as their sort of image. They are. Make no mistake. This is a five billion dollar after operating cost company, which means like what they're actually valued at, you know, liquidated wise is mm-hmm. probably like something like twenty six billion dollars. Like just an insane company. Um, and uh, see, now I derailed myself there. Where was I going with that? <laughs> um, you know, to not to downplay that how successful Age of Sigmar is. It has been thoroughly even like that. Like that first year was rocky. But even going into the you know that first GHB point and kind of onward, I think it's it's been clear how much more and more successful they've become from like sort of first GHB forward. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah that was definitely the turning point. Definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah, like it, I it's, remember getting that, and yeah.
1: like, um, throwing it because I was the only person who's really following anything in the first year in my group in the group.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was kind of uh, on Garage Hammer. Well, which you've been on yourself, of course,
0: twice. Uh,
1: <laughs> yep. um, I was like following all the law along with that. The books were so expensive to buy; I wasn't going to follow it that way. <laughs> and having dropped, God knows how many, how much money on the uh, End times books, which were then like, I you can't use it anymore." Well, sort of thing. Uh, didn't really want to buy anymore, so I followed the law that way. But as soon as the GHB came out, it was like, "Look, look, look! We've got points. We've got rules. We've, we can, we can, you can use your minis."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a what a glorious misstep. You know, like I understand that there's an approachability and like wanting people to just like, you know, play. But like gamers need something codified. Like they, we, we just, I don't think we necessarily need it. But we've certainly been indoctrinated into a world of needing rules and just to be told how to play a little bit. Um, like we just, it's just part of the brain. Like, d- like yeah. don't get me wrong. As like a, as an avid RPG gamer, um, I will immediately reject any rule I don't like. But you got to give me a framework of a system that that. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade. I, I it's probably my latest oh, you know, passion. Yeah, great, great. yeah. Uh, fifth edition. Um, like, uh, the conversation going on, and so this is Rabbit Hole number one. Everybody, uh, welcome. Uh, you know, if you're playing the world, of, <laughs> if you're playing the uh, Age of Sigmar Rant Cast uh, Drinking Game at home, this would be where you take uh, take a shot of milk right now. Um, no, the um with 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 uh, Vampire the Masquerade, uh, Fifth Edition, you're seeing a similar rift in the community in in vtm that you do with like old hammer at so-called old hammer and and i don't mean it disrespectfully just as a colloquialism um and uh, in aos you see that saw that sort of rift happen. you're seeing a little bit of it with uh sort of like the 20th ed uh 20th anniversary edition which is sort of like a reboot revi- revision of the revised edition from like the late Late two uh, late late nineties, early two thousands, which is kinda of like the mm-hmm. I, I think really the heyday of, of da- World of Darkness prior to the making the World of Darkness uh become the game, right? Um mm-hmm. they sort of blew up vampire and all that stuff, but that's a tangent tangent within a tangent. Um but right now you're seeing this sort of weird like little little bit of a schism within the within the vampire community where like, oh no, you know you know, twentieth ed is better. No, fifth ed's better and you know, I'm kind of a stand for fifth ed because I've really latched on to the hunger dice rule, and this is Wait. tying t- tying back into what I was talking about. Like gamers, we like rules. Like I I will immediately... like I noticed that there's no disciplines that I liked before. Like a dementation, which is a Malkavian one, where they like essentially the world gets they're so they're they're so like in their own world that the world around them becomes the their own world. Like it's like they're they're it's you know it's basically equal parts illusion and like domination like it's just crazy and uh you know I always love dementation like oh no dementation doesn't exist anymore it's just a one sub it's just one amalgam power in dominate and I'm like all right I mean it cleans up the system but like I feel like I'm missing stuff so what do I do I'll make the rule I don't care but I have this like core mechanic that i absolutely adore and that's what really makes me kind of stand for fifth edition as opposed to 20 uh you know 20th anniversary edition the other part Mm -hmm. of that being like i've played revised I, i lived in that world for forever i don't need to like keep reliving my childhood like i'm just like i'm i'm good you know i still own my first edition milwaukee by night book like i'm like, I can, I can go back to that world anytime I want to, so I like the new thing. But again, for me, it's, like, rules. Like, maybe it's just me. You know, I think everyone's got their own way. But I, I do think, broadly speaking, gamers need some rules to latch onto. Rules tell you that what you're doing is, like, real. You know, like, I can look at all the sweet minis in the world, and, like, I, you know, if, if, all, I, if all I do is paint, that's probably enough for me. Um, but if, as a gamer... As someone who wants to play games, like, I gotta find a rule that I'm, you know, like, something that codifies it for me in the world. That's why, like, I love the Castle Eye Dynasty. You know, the Blood Knights are, are, are playing an RPG, they level up, ah! Like, that's so cool! Like, you know stuff like that that just where, where a rule makes you passionate. I'd imagine that every army that truly resonates with somebody out there has something like that. Like corn um, players, you know, looking at at um, Scarbrand, just going, he gets angrier, like and just <laughs> losing their minds at it. Like I, 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 this is all to criticize them not having rules effectively. Like they didn't. Re- like there was no there was no rails. There was no way. To communicate to the players, like how you should play the game. So how do you get excited about like th- these minis? If you can't really like, if if there's no Rosetta Stone for taking them mm-hmm. from my hand to a game, and you know that's yeah, what's... just
1: think that basically. Uh, the structure gives you a, a commonality of language. Yeah. See, so both you're both you both have a road in, and otherwise you need a games master to do it all for you. He gives you the the commonality of language. He's he's the uh, he's the bridge that joins two players together. Without that, you need the structure of rules, yes. like points, even just just so you don't have to have a two hour conversation before you start before you play every game.
2: Right. Just
0: just to
1: where you are. And if you look, actually, obviously, with me doing the the the, the podcast. That's my podcast, by the way. Oh.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're looking back, at all these old. Um, uh, editions of Warhammer, all the lore there. First edition was Warhammer, was like first edition AOS the first year. No points, just like RPGing with minis and over uh, just grassy fields or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> it was very much like that. And then with like second edition, you got like points and stuff coming in. So it was, there was a lot of similarities. And yeah, it, it, was inter- it was interesting to see them make that mistake again. <laughs> no, twenty years down the line.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's like you said that it, it, it's. It, I think that's a really great way of putting it. Like, um, when you play like a tabletop RPG, you do have like a, a games a, a game master to establish a common language or or to be like a Rosetta Stone, right? Like to to mm-hmm. to to translate the players' actions for each other and give everyone like sort of a common like sort of filter. And without that, when you're playing a game without a GM, you know, like. You know, what do you do? Um, no, it's actually like kind of a great observation. Um,
1: and um, at the moment in the podcast, we're doing a retelling of an old second edition. So, what, what podcast called-
0: would that be, <laughs> real quick? Like, you gotta, you hmm? get for a Chat Gang who maybe want to check it out. What podcast?
1: A podcast would be The Master Tavern Keepers History of the Old World. There you go. Quite a month, yeah, anyway. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're doing a reshoot. So you got to get of, that sh- shameless self-promotion in there. I'm just. <laughs> it's kind got to be. <laughs> uh, but yeah.
1: So so that's an old. Actually, it was featured in um last year, was it? Um, when everyone was getting very excited about Vampirates, Unfortunately, uh, they did like the Warhammer community did a poster with some ghoul kings who would, like were running a play, and that was the uh, the tragedy of MacDeath. It was <laughs> it was about a year or so ago. Yeah. Anyway, so. The actual original scenario is an old second edition one, and it's got the scenario. It's got all these. It, it reads like an RPG. It's got like sheets for the players. It's got mish It's got it's got scenarios with like all the forces on. But it's games master. Games master. Games master. Games master. It's written everywhere. Mm-hmm. You need a games master to run that game,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that didn't have points either. At that point, it was. Because you needed that games master to decide for you. The forces were decided for you. Um, So, yeah, you needed the games master, but not everyone has that, so points.
0: Well, that means you need a third player, start. right? Like you need a, you need a third player, and you need that third player. Like we we in, in the RPG community, we have enough problems with uh with forever GMs and <laughs> like all kinds <laughs> of stuff. You need a now you need a forever GM in a in a in a game where I'm supposed to be able to paint my minis and just like play a game against somebody. Like oh my gosh, right? Like I, I the the logistics. Imagine
1: like... trying to run a tournament like that.
0: Yeah. Oh man. The amount
1: of tos and their helpers you'd need one for every table.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It
1: would be uh, yeah. So it's not to it's not be honest word. though
0: like it sounds kind of awesome like you know challenge accepted. Uh Animosity is kind of doing that a little bit, right? Like Animosity they they've got their sort of like a, a you know, their their storytellers that that help translate and communicate are you familiar with the animosity campaigns No, no. Go oh ahead. my gosh um man you should you should tell everyone in in your, your club about this animosity okay. campaign is essentially a remote narrative uh, warhammer event um it takes place around i want to say july um each year um what they it, what it is is there's essentially um well, you shout out animosity campaign because i uh, i've had them on twice now um but it's it's done remotely so mm. you can um uh you can play like wh- wherever and 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 stay connected and essentially like there's some some sort of like arcing narrative um and then like each week you have like you're on various like syndicates or 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 it it sh- shifts a little bit like what your uh what your you know team is or whatever um but mm. they have this essentially like unfolding narrative where they have a couple different like storytellers um that sort of like help recount what the sort of player side of it was for that week and there's little like story prompts each week uh sort of driven by the players so like if there's you know four warring nations and like you can okay so yeah you're going to Submit your undead army for that, and you know someone's going to have this army, and so on and so forth. But you're all part of that coalition, and you know four warring nations for the MacGuffin, the the tower, the whatever it mm-hmm. is. And um, yeah. you know, like one week you're like, okay, well, what if we like sabotage, like you know, nation two's you know blimp or whatever, and and then you have to like essentially uh, you know play through. They have an algorithm for determining how some decisions get made they're not going to tell us the how the sausage is made they never should um how like what decisions work out um and then you sort of have like essentially like uh these uh i guess campaign points or they, they've got their own colloquialism for them um that like each week you have so many uh things that you're supposed to submit it can be play a game with a friend it can be do some ho- hobby it can be uh write a story and like there's a bunch of different ways to like kind of get your sort of points for the week um, I think there's mm, like mm, seven mm. different ways to get points, and you 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 max out doing three of them. So if you hobby, write a story, and play a game with your buddy, uh, you can sort of submit to sort of to the weight of effectiveness of your faction for the week. And uh, it's really it's really awesome. Like um,
1: that sounds cool. That sounds totally on uh, up our alley, so to speak. Yeah, because they're in the thing they did back in AOS one, was it? They did that. We wait you go to the GW store and like I painted this unit it's like i had this game and you get like points off your faction
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah that's cool
0: yeah no it's it's really cool i I think it's um you know it's this collaborative event and it sounds right up your right up your alley actually um i hope i i'm I'm gonna get a message from from alex later he's gonna be like dude you totally got everything wrong that you told them about my (laughs) like Um <laughs> I shouted you out. Um no it's 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 pretty. I, I haven't played in it the last uh, couple years and uh I think I'm gonna get peer pressured into playing into it this year, so <laughs> um but no I, um uh DR uh, Doctor asks uh is your podcast on Spotify? Be no
1: first. it's not actually. i was resolve that. It's on I think it's on Google, it's on iTunes, it's on Podbean. There might be another one. It's on. I can't remember, but yeah, but not Spotify. I'll have to resolve that. I'll sort that out.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah. I've I've interviewed them two times. Uh, Gor Gore um, They had Nuno on the last time, along with Alex and Alex and, and another one. Uh, previous time, or no, just Alex the first time. I hope I remembered enough uh, <laughs> to recount it properly. So so thanks for the uh, uh, thanks for the affirmation there, uh, Gore Um I want to do the next one, too, says so Heavy D6. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I, I, I think, it, you know, just kind of in the theme and in the vein of sort of cross-pollinating communities, uh, making sure that you sort of build a grassroots, uh, you know, community in your own, even abroad, or what is abroad to me and obviously, you know, not to you. Um, Like, doing that stuff, it, it takes, like, effort. It takes, like, a passionate individual to sort of drive it and, you know, stuff like that. But there's also these ways to, you know, evolve that, too. And I think it's really... Mm, mm, mm. Passion is the key, right? Like, it, if when you run out of passion, then it's hard to keep everyone interested in playing games. And um,
1: yes, yes, so. which is part of the idea behind the podcast thing as well. It's just like in between games, just keeping people in the world, you know, invested in their characters and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I'll I'll look deeper into that. Excellent.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. If anything else, just steal some good ideas, right? Like, I mean, that's steal yeah, like yeah. an artist uh, is is really my motto. Um, best,
1: best- Oh, is stealing.
0: Right, right. You know, good artists borrow, great artists steal. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Since Sincerous form of flattery is imitation. Like, look, there's a lot of lot of compelling evidence that you just uh, borrow ideas from each other. Uh, I was in the you last to... one for a little bit until work took over. Yeah, the last couple of years for work for me have been too, been a little too rough to commit to anything um, like that. But
2: mm.
0: I'm hoping for a career change this, this winter. So we'll see. It's just, uh, yeah get out of the field and behind a computer uh so that most of my life is behind a computer um <laughs> <Not> computer. <laughs> but i'd have free time back so i can go to the gym and stuff so that's it's it's a sacrificing my like job that lets me be outdoors all day and which is actually kind of cool but but uh mm. but i'd have more time because i won't be working like 12 to 14 hour days um so um yeah uh I kind of interrupted you there with the uh, one campaign thing you were talking about. Um, if you want to reset that or, or or kind of go where you're going with the uh, the gming and the, and the stuff like that, sorry. Uh,
1: where was I to up to? I think that was that it. was it. Okay,
0: all right, good. I, I have a nasty <laughs> habit of interrupting my own brain waves and other people's. So, <laughs> um, I guess. We we kind of covered like a, a sort of the inception and 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 uh, getting together and 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 stuff like that. I guess what's next for 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 Jugs or even you personally? Like, what is what's your focus kind of going forward?
1: I think now with the pandemic having subsided here, it's just to get more gaming in a lot more different types of gaming as well, and try and get some more players in uh, playing regularly. Mm-hmm. So. um just getting back to normality, I think is, has been, that has been, is a main aim.
2: Yeah.
1: And then some of us who've fallen kind of, kind of not fallen off the bandwagon, so to speak, but just kind of got a bit disheartened and didn't want to do any more. They still want to play, but like, just kind of feel, mm-hmm. just, just re, uh, sort of re-energizing those and hopefully get them back in. That's, that's, I think that's the main thing.
0: Do you, uh, do you think TTS is a useful tool for, for like even like using it in like the, the local scene, not just to like you know play play against people you know across the world, which is I think there's an obvious advantage there, but but as like a tool f- for like a local club or you know to to sort of maybe help shake some of that inertia?
1: Uh potentially. I've not actually used TTS uh, during this period at all. We used to used to use we used to use cameras and models and stuff. Uh so yeah, I'm not sure. I suppose because essentially I'm a hobbyist first.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, okay, all right. That
1: incentivizes me to hobby because because that, that's what gives me the most sort of uh, psychological utility, I guess. I get yeah, a lot, yep. lot of pleasure yep. from painting and modeling and stuff. And I know certainly quite a few other members do as well. Uh-huh. Uh, the two main driving things I think for our club are incentivize is modeling, painting gaming but gaming really as a conduit to socializing and getting together
0: right right gaming the gaming side is and and this is something i've struggled with these last couple years the gaming side is where i express all the stuff and i get to like yeah like we socialize but like you know the hobby or even building a clever list for me without being able to like sort of take it on tour like i don't get the full psychological utility is a great uh, you know, great way to describe it. I don't get like the full return on my investment without that like that social puzzle piece bringing it all together. Mm. Um, it it like it's even though I do like the game a lot, without that sort of like amplifying effect of like those sort of like other things that I'm interested in coming together in that moment where like it, it's on the table. Like I feel like the the reward for a hobbyist. Isn't just like having the model painted. It's putting it on the table and then like someone getting to, like ooh ah a little bit, right? Like, um. So I, I think there's like I, I like I've, I've struggled to get into TTS myself. Uh, you know, I, I look at all my friends around and they're like high fiving like a NASA launch and stuff like that, and I'm just like I don't get it because for me, like the physical table is such an important component of it. This is Lily. Hi, ganked my daughter. What's going on? It's been a while since one of these. <laughs> Good night, sweetie. <laughs> she, she, see, it was bedtime an hour ago, and so now we gotta like do all the things we possibly can to delay bedtime. Get out of bed. I need a drink of water. I gotta go to the bathroom. I forgot to, to give Dad a hug and a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> well, delaying tactics. Sorry, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she's already a gamer. She's already gaming the system. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like you, actually, my friend John, uh, who who set up Jugs with us, he's he's very much a, I suppose a Johnny type, mm-hmm. uh, and so he really likes you know taking a really underpowered army, making a really interesting list, putting it together, and then just like you know stomping curb you know stomping faces with it, <laughs> uh, which he does very well. He's, he's 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 got that brain. I'm yeah, yeah. just just a Timmyest who wants to tell stories. Really, just just a Timmy who wants to tell stories. Oh, and I don't think so there's I just, wrong with that. Yeah, I just want to pay my models, get them on the table, see what happens. Invariably lose, it's fine. Um, but, yeah, I just like that bit. So, physically, face-to-face gaming is where that really can happen.
2: Mm-hmm. Whereas
1: with TTS, obviously, it's just... Oh, I suppose, uh, John, you can speak better than me for this, so I suppose, if you put together a very clever list... Mm. then you can get some returns on it and if you're a spike and you just want to win then that's probably giving you the most rewards i'd imagine
2: yeah
1: the, it it varies on the person so for me it, does, it doesn't give me like returns really for what i'd be investing in it from that point because i don't just want to play games i don't just want to play games yeah
0: basically. yeah <laughs> Yeah, no I I, I like I am not I'm not knocking TTS. I think it's a very, very valuable tool, especially if you're in the the early phases of getting into Warhammer. I think it's it's very valuable in like uh you know, learning an army, seeing if you want to buy an army, you know, mm. you know, getting a you know, uh I know I'm a I'm one of the weirdos out there who'll trace bases on paper and I'll like play like with little sheets of paper and the right base sizes Uh or or a proxy just like oh guess this vampire lord on zombie dragon is a glutos today and I'm going to see if you know how this works in an army and I'll like I'll I'll proxy like that and you know I've got like a couple friends who like we we're interested in seeing what works and TTS kind of can take the place of that but like I'm not taking my sheets of paper to the hobby store if that makes sense and so like TTS Hmm. never stops being the sheets of paper on a desk for me of seeing does this work and, like, seeing does it work is, like, okay, cool, check that box. But then it's, like, getting to show it off in a face-to-face conversation. Like, if people can't see how fucking clever I am, what's the <laughs> point? Like, uh, like that's, like, if they can't see how fucking clever and witty and, like, how expressive I am, like, if they can't see all those, like, things, then, you know, I lose, I, I do lose some of some of that value. Um, quarantine hit me kind of hard in respect of my, like, my, like, drive for Warhammer obviously my podcast kept going and I I had a passion for it and and stuff was still there but mm. there was something lost in translation of the physically doing Warhammer because without that like being able to like go see my friends again and like go out and take it on tour and stuff like that it just it didn't feel it just it was it, again it was missing an essential piece for me I, and I know I'm yeah. not I'm, I'm probably not alone in that I think it sounds like a lot of people had a similar experience like I looked over, like I was outside in the rain, staring inside at some of my friends just absolutely crushing their backlog. They're like, "I finally have all this time because of lockdown. I'm painting everything. The backlog's disappearing. I have no pi- I have no shame pile. Sorry, pile of potential anymore. I have. I have burned all my potential." And like seeing some people just like grind games of TTS, getting be- you know hashtag getting good, playing games, and I'm just like, I'm like, what's you know? And I just kind of like disconnected. It. I don't know it. You know, it's a me thing. It's not a, you know, other people thing. It's just, you know, introspective. I don't
1: think that's so uncommon either, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, actually getting hobby done was quite tricky during that period because I was at home. And so I've got two young children. Well, I've got two children with um special needs, one very young, one older. Yeah. So that's like, if I'm at home all the time, basically I'm looking after them. Yeah. Uh, my wife and... Uh, so- so that actually made hobbying more difficult. So my backlog didn't really reduce, apart from just, I got less time perhaps. <laughs> uh, but I think gaming side of things is really part of my sort of support network. Yeah. In addition to family, friends and stuff, who like, give me mental stability. I yeah. think it's a lot. Without that big chunk, because a lot of my gaming buddies I really like they're just my best friends, really. Yeah, yeah. So having that chunk ripped out of your own sort of mental support network is is like losing an arm or losing a limb or something. It's it's quite it really hits you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it definitely had an impact on me and certain many others as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, but in a similar way. Yeah, I think I think one of the you know me me the the perpetual uh uh optimist that I am always trying to look for that that glass being half full. I think that that the pandemic has, for the most part, taught a lot of people that maybe weren't aware of it before or thinking about it or thinking in those terms, the value of mental health. Um, I think when you're able to go, 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 you never really have to stop and think about, you know, sort of the processes in your life or the emotional support network or, or socialization and being social with people as essential like as actually being necessary for humanity like a lot of us like to think we are islands unto ourselves even the the lonerist amongst us and yet you know it turns out just like that one party you don't go to a year that w- you always kind of count on or like any one of those little things that even sort of the most in- introverted or the most you know loner amongst us kind of you know take for granted realizing how much you'd taken it for granted i think was was a a little bit of a wake-up call, uh, and I think, in a good way, like, I think a lot of, I, I my hope, my, my thoughts is that uh, people are going to be a little bit more aware of their mental health and their social, their social needs going forward, being like, you know, because it sucks, it, it sucks, it's just, there's no way around it, right, and it sounds like, it's, it's kind of awesome that, like, it sounds like you're on the tail end of it there, um, and uh, looking at doing some games again, and getting that that social side end so like I'm actually like really happy for you that sounds awesome I'm looking but yeah. am I going to see jugs bat reps like a full-scale AOS games coming up like is that
1: that's, <laughs> the, that's that's the hope for the coming year and stuff yeah 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 yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: definitely try to definitely try to some small scale stuff to start with and just build up to it but yeah definitely definitely that's on
0: yeah that's
1: uh that's there in the uh on the back burner at the moment it's like just getting models painting up at the minute yeah what do we yeah. got here this one is just a little uh, git, <laughs> a little git, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, my fanatic, nice.
1: Mm. My, my son, he's eight. He one of his because he's he's got several palsy, so he can't walk or can't really articulate his fingers very well and stuff. But he does enjoy gaming, so he's in his wheelchair. So he'll get I'll get him to help roll dice and stuff. Or tell me what he wants to do with models and things. Mm-hmm. And so anyway he's quite latched onto the new um, the new orc book. Uh oh, so uh
0: is it, 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 it does he like cr- the cruel boys? Is it the cruel boys or is it the traditional it, orcs?
1: It, yeah. Uh, no it's 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 the, it's the savage orcs. <laughs> he really likes the savage orcs. It's like oh they're not they're not the <laughs> <laughs> You—that's um, the thing it's it like
0: you the tactics there. There's the there's the that crisis of a conscience of the parent. You want to stoke the passions of your ch- child, but you also don't want them to. If you,
1: you just gone IJ, he would be like, yeah, you can just like walk alone, you'd be fine. I've got the models. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, oh, I quite like the savage orcs. So like. yeah,
0: that's really cool. I see. I, I love I love gaming as a as a sort of like equalizer um, in the world. Like like. Gaming is some place that everyone can truly come together and, and play games and stuff like that. And like obviously with with even with like some disabilities, there are ways that you can account and adjust to make everybody able to play games, which is something I think is very uh, very important. you know, like it really is like I know I, I go into my like you know dirty political uh, spiels sometimes here on <laughs> my own show, but for the most part, like you can suspend like a lot of the stuff going on. And just, like, game together, you know, like, tabletop RPGs, everyone, everyone's equal at a tabletop RPG setting, like, you know, um, you know, and, and I think with a little accommodation, Warhammer can be, you know, equal. I, I know uh, Coach was talking about, or I'm sorry, it was uh, Clint uh, was talking about one of the things he was proudest of was actually uh, someone in a wheelchair coming uh, to, to CanCon and, like, being able to accommodate that. And I'm like, awesome, yeah you know like sometimes it's space sometimes being able to have like a, like an assistant there like to move minis for you like things mm-hmm. like that like being able to normalize some stuff like that so that we have like the ability like there's there's literally no reason that you can't just play make believe with your friends right like that's the mo- that's what gaming is putting a l- couple like putting a little like framework on make believe but it's just playing make believe with your friends in the various ways and everyone can yep. do that you know and that mm-hmm. and that's that's what i think is 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 wonderful about gaming. That's why I'm a gamer. That's why I love gaming. Um, you know, that's why it's my favorite thing. <laughs> we got it. We had a yeah. daughter on cam tonight, and my corgi on cam. Like we're just checking all the the rant cast uh, uh, <laughs> milk drinking uh, game boxes. Sorry, go on. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but definitely, yeah, inclusivity of it is compared to other hobbies. It's good. Yeah. It's 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 it's, it's, it's. something that I suppose drew me in when I was a child. It was my father that got me into sort of this sort of thing Mm -hmm. because he was a, he was a miniature painter, but Mm -hmm. you just paint anything. It was just like in the mid eighties.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Like even like the model cars
0: and stuff too, right? Like just whatever, whatever you could put paint on, right?
1: Yeah. You buy like old like pottery houses and like, like paint them or old busts. They're all sort of clay busts they put on the wall and stuff. Yeah. Just buy like antique shops, fix them. Because always always chipped, yep. repaint, paint them stuff like that, and then and then he bought like metal minis because that was kind of a thing happening there. Because it... after B and D, this was like 86. Yeah, the
0: pewter. I think the pewter and the metals were were really yeah. prominent around that time period. Yeah,
1: yeah, like grenadier miniatures we made lots and uh, early GW stuff as well from that Citadel. When it, was, when it was like
0: still you know, Citadel, school. right? Yeah, yeah, still
1: yeah. Citadel. Yeah, uh, and so. Yeah, so he'd just take me to the hobby shop, me and my brother to the hobby shop with him. And we'd just look at minis and think, oh, they're cool. That's cool. And we'd spend our pocket money on buying little blister packs. Yeah. And then, like, Rogue Trader came out in 87. and was like, oh, sci fi. (laughs) Yeah. So that kind of really drew us in. Yeah. And just kind of went from there uh, up until I went to university or college. Mm Because then it's like, yeah, I'm not doing that here. <laughs> and then got into other stuff.
0: <laughs> well, there's, I think, like almost, I've, I've done 115 of these, not counting, you know, my specials and my side shows, and because there's, you know, probably done like 130, 150 uh, rant cast type shows, uh, let alone the the two charity marathons that are basically like oh, each so. one of those like, What are those like 12 to 12 to 16 rant casts apiece, basically. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've done this a lot. And one of the commonalities I see in almost everybody that I've ever interviewed is is there's this period of time where we all kind of stop playing war games, and then we come back to it. And it's like, I'm just, like I, there, you know, like, there's some people, like, some newer gamers or something like that. And I'm like, you just wait. You're going to have your, like, oh, no, I've, I've just, I started playing, as, I'm still playing. I'm like, you're going to have a minute where there's going to be, like, a five-year period. You're just going to step away for whatever reason, life. The, you know, finances, job, and then you're going to come back. And, like, it just, it's just, it's just really fascinating to me how we all kind of have that period where we, like, go out and then we kind of come back. Um. Come back to it. <laughs> yeah, my, absolutely a thing. Like, yeah, mine was, mine none was, of, none of was, go of ahead, I have
1: not had that experience. <laughs> yeah. None of my gamer friends have all had that experience.
0: Yeah. He has that wah energy burning in his soul. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you you can That's a. <laughs> <laughs> the mm-hmm. the Warclans, I—I mean, just thinking about the Savage Orcs, like they had that one mini that was absolutely awesome. Was it a Shade Spire or something like that, or a new hero? It was like thoroughly oh,
1: good. They, they had, um, yeah, the Shade crew—they've got like four guys in it. They oh, really? Nice.
0: So good. And I was like, <laughs> when I saw those, I'm like, this is what Savage Orcs could should should be like. Like, because some of their other sculpts are a little bit outdated. I'm like, but this shows me, like, you throw, like, you know, like, really add, like, more AOS to them, you know, in forms mm-hmm. of, like, more, like, weird AOS beasties that have been slaughtered, not just Bone or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, really, like, show that these things live in the mortal realms, you know? Uh, put a little smash, you know, Sigmar helmet on the base, you know, like, just whatever their, you know, their sculpt team's doing. I'm like, man. And when I saw those. I really thought Games Workshop was gonna like amp up the Savage Orcs into the next Warclans book, or and it just like the it, the opposite happened. Like they they just seem like the Forgotten One now, and I thought that they yeah. were they very were neat. not. Yeah, go ahead.
1: I think they've just become very neat now. But yeah, those sculpts are really good. Uh, with with the ones that I'm do- making for my son at the moment, yeah, I'm doing a lot of converting mm-hmm. just 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 to give them a a different feel less old world more mortal realms yeah and adding of bits on just, just like like and yeah
0: yeah yeah i made i i forget my hobby camera's not on right now but i made my little grave sites here and they're like little these just little watching, uh, yeah yeah they're these little eclectic like amalgams of like my old skeletons my old dire wolves but then like the new skeletons the new zombies like got little nods to my own ossiric bone reapers on there too so it's like just these like pulling that all together I mean that's for me that's one of the greatest parts about the hobby. Even I'm not like a great hobbyist. I'm like a very middling hobbyist and and I still find ways to put my own spin on my army and to put myself in there. And I think that that's really kind of one of the essential great things about wargaming and 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 like a sort of hobby related uh, uh game like this is you do get to put a lot of yourself into the game and I think that's very important. Um
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. It's basically putting yourself on the tabletop in right. in the in the, the make believe world that you're making with your friends.
0: Right. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, just um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Like, uh, you know, like sort of wargaming in in Japan. Um, uh, your club itself, or 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 the podcast uh, that we kind of overlooked, or we talked past there. Um. Did we mm, probably?
1: But nothing is jumping out right now, probably. I'll recall later, no doubt. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'll be like, "Ah, oh, man, I should ask this, I should ask that. Um, yeah, so um, I guess real quick... The if... just popped in my head, though, was Go ahead, I go ahead,
1: yeah. The first thing, the way that I got connected to you was, um, talking about make-believe, was this the soulbound thing that you were doing?
0: Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, in hiatus. So I, we um, uh, Tom had some scheduling conflicts, and I had scheduling conflicts, and it was just getting harder to get everyone together every week. We're we're gonna finish it theoretically this this winter. Like, we'll, should come back. Uh, I think I could probably finish it in about six adventures, uh, just to give people closure to the story. Like, I know everyone wants mm-hmm. to know what's going on with the Eleventh Dawn, and and uh, you have that sort of what happened to the old Soulbound uh, story arc going on a little. Like... Yeah, like because his old old story about uh, his old soul, uh, soul binding is like nodded to, and you get this like band of misfits instead that are like bad versions of, or like weird versions of the old ones. Like with, where there's like a, uh, you know, you can practically see like the tall, lanky, weird like tree man, uh, and then like you have like uh, uh, the null myriad. Uh, uh, well, his name was myriad, right? Um, yeah, was, yeah, like <laughs> and you have them like kind of superimposed over each other, so you have this like weird sort of like. Yeah, to kind of uh, do something like that, but no, we're, uh, um I've got my notes. I got to go back and watch my own episodes because I always have this problem where I'm like I don't know what I told the party and what was in the adventure or what was in the adventure and what I haven't told the party yet, so I got to make sure like I uh, like I've got some harmony there with with some of the plot and then do a like a recap episode. Uh they happen to be in a Zinch tower, so I feel like I can do a really funny clip show in the Zinch tower to like reset the sort of mid-season hiatus and then we can finish uh, it <laughs> so i have this uh, idea, idea of like taking the siege tower and like kind of twisting it into like a weird like meta ep- like last time on dbz episode style thing where it's just like a <laughs> clip show of like all the crazy crap and they're like going through chambers where they're like seeing old adventures or something like that like mm-hmm. so um like, I can see. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's siege doesn't have to make sense um mm-hmm. <laughs> what a, what a great foil like what a just a fantastic story device to like do whatever you need with Siege. It's brilliant. Um, sorry. Uh, you said you you got connected by watching Bond or something like that.
1: Yeah, I, cause I remember doing a few paintings for it of all the characters and stuff, and that weird, fiery elephanting thing.
0: That's right. That you,
1: yeah, yeah, that yeah. was fun. That was.
0: Fun. Yeah, you didn't let me send you money. I was gonna send you a little like ten a ten dollar gift voucher or whatever, and uh, so. No, I was very <laughs>
1: no, Thank you. I'm fine. <laughs> just for the fun of it. Just for the fun. Yeah. Of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll put um I'll put ten dollars towards the cerebral palsy charity instead. So ha, got him. Okay, that'll do. I'm <laughs> happy
1: with that.
0: Yeah, there we go. Aha, I get to be a man of my word now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, no. Uh, see, Soulbound is. I guess. What are your thoughts on Soulbound then? Since. You know, you're you're on the. We talked a little bit, like sort of ambiently about like sort of ga- game mastering and and stuff like that. And in the masters master, master uh, tavern keepers, you know, history of the old world, you, you've got some narrative storytelling going on there. Um, just, mm. just what's your what's your what's your take on soulbound?
1: I think it's fantastic, and it fills out the world as well. When going back to the the, the podcast, with 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 researching all the stories and all the all the story stuff we did from uh, retelling and that of the old world. It's really the um, the RPGs first, second, and third edition that fill in all the gaps and add all the real the real meat to it. Mm-hmm. And AOS was lacking that until Soulbound came out, and now Soulbound with all the books, certainly all the all the Champions books that are coming out now yeah. as well, really filling up the background, really making it more cohesive. Yeah. Which it lacked in first edition. I've seen. Then Phil Kelly did a great job with um, second edition with the with the rule book, the hardback.
0: Yeah, a lot of home. narrative in that. But, like, I bought it just for that. Like that whole first, like huge chunk of it is actually just like narrative and story and and
1: yeah. Like that. And, and that that really it really needed that. It wasn't everything was kind of disparate. Uh-huh. It's like, like, uh, can they draw this together? Because that's that's a, that's a problem with early Warhammer the first first couple of editions of old fantasy was there's loads of disparate bits that weren't really drawn together until later on Mm -hmm. and um it took quite a few editions really well and and it was interesting to see that parallel in AOS happen but then much much quicker what happened over the course added an edition and AOS lore now is very cohesive mm -hmm. compared to early Warhammer which which wasn't cohesive for a very long time. Having researched this in depth now, it's like it's quite hard work pulling all the bits and bits together and making them gel together uh, in line with the the canon up to the end of Eighth Edition.
0: no that's that's um, where like the the rose tinted goggles will betray you again. Is a lot of people look at um, uh, look at. Um, you know Warhammer fa- uh, fantasy battle or the world that was or you know old hammer whatever whatever colloquialism you want to use for it they'll look at that and they'll go like oh the story was so much richer it was so much better it had so much more going on i'm like it had 20 years to develop a story you know like it, you know when you're looking at it and i i made that mistake today too and we'll get to that in a second um the, the you're you're comparing something that like it had it was a full matura- like it had a full period of maturation right to something that was like sort of just becoming a thing. And um mm. I I stand by that the old world felt a little stuffy. Like I felt like because they were like this is, you know, this is Tolkien Stupid. but not or this is, you know, they're using a like a a you know, not America or or not the world is the world map type thing and like it just it felt like all the it, it felt like it was all like you know, all kind of, it felt like a little bit in a box even though it was like more fleshed out and stuff like that. It felt like the, you know, they could never kill off a character uh, because you know, you know, what do you do with this story that's kind of told and figured out? Which, which is what made the old, the the blowing up the world that was such a bold move. You know, like it yeah, was the a end very time
1: really was very uh, invigorating mm-hmm. because they were, they were killing off characters, they were
0: changing, they were finally They're changing like, stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, things was things were moving. I was like, oh, this this had that led to not the end of the world. I think maybe fantasy would be in a good place.
0: Yeah. I agree. I, I, uh, I would agree with that, yeah. Yeah, but, they could have easily hit a reset button instead of, like, wipe out the world too, right? Like, they, they could have yeah. done more of a yeah, Final I, Fantasy VI yeah. thing than a full-on... Go on, go on, sorry.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, yes, The, the they didn't have to go, you know, 100% Oblivion
0: <laughs> or <everything>. Oblivion,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: but, but they did, and, and yeah, it's fine, actually, now. At the time, I was really crestfallen really really crestfallen uh, really, kudos really, for using crestfallen
0: yeah, yeah. in a in a live uh, a live conversation by the way hell yeah like good good, <laughs> good very good vernacular very good uh, cadence there go on go on sorry
1: <laughs> but yeah it was really it was like and then i was like i remember at the time just saying to my friends okay well we'll we'll just we'll just carry on playing eighth it's fine yeah mm-hmm. and then um the one, the white dwarf that came out just before AOS dropped was the one that had the free Stormcast on it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, it's a free mini, and I'll buy it." <laughs> and so I bought it. <laughs> Obviously, it's first a free it mini. is free. Yeah, first it is free. Yeah, Go yeah, on. Yeah. I bought it, and I was like, oh, it's, it's, "It's a funny scale. He's very big." He's like, "He's on a forty millimeter base." <laughs> and mm-hmm. Put him together, and it's like, "I think it's actually no. This is really well designed. I really like this. Mm-hmm. I really, really like this." Yeah. Off the back of that. I like yeah. bought the starter, and then just went from there. Just, just, just continued to follow it. It was just that modeling experience that kind of turned me around. Mm-hmm. And had I not had that, maybe I'd be just like you know carrying on with old, old, uh, old. Yeah, you'd, you'd all be all. one of the, the <laughs> one of
0: the one of the people on on Twitter that just like gets mad at. At people that's who, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time. Or just like they look over watching people play AOS, and they have to show up, kick in the door, and tell them AOS sucks. And <laughs> like, no, um, no. I, I, I think I, one thing about
1: ahead. with the podcast I was going to say is that because um, it's got quite a few people following it who obviously who love the old world, same as I do. And um, but I want to ha- have concepts in there and introduce stuff that's in AOS as well because mm-hmm. it follows through now we know that more now after obviously yeah, broken realms than we did previous mm-hmm. with the same characters in there and stuff have become gods and whatnot so just like dropping bold move with marathi thing.
0: yeah bold move with marathi there actually like
1: oh uh, yeah that was uh, that was uh, that was really well done it was really well done the yeah. first it reminded me a lot of a few people said this actually uh, the first the first book of broken realms marathi was very much like the first book of the end times uh, Nagash. Uh, because they both ascended, and they both changed up the worlds. And after that, it was less. That, it was is
0: less, that is that when he consumes the the wind of death, like, and he finally becomes a guy? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. He he basically fractures the um the winds of magic as well, going down into the um, vortex, yeah. and that's what starts things the ball rolling, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. Oh
0: so we have Nagash to thank for uh for for the end times ultimately and my new sweet game that I like the most, uh in terms of Age of Sigmar. Oh yeah, that follows through. That tricks. That yeah, tricks. yeah. So Nagash <laughs> and, and Manfred uh you're uh, say you're welcome to everyone who likes Age of Sigmar. Um <laughs> I'm gonna use that from now on. Like I said, I I, I kind of like only Osmos the end times and I am I I was missing this necessary piece of information to be even more egotistical about how great Nagash is. So I appreciate it's that. It's pretty
1: worth, worth, worth reading at least least the uh, Nagash book. Yeah
0: you, should, yeah. you should check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's got the cool art though. It's got the the one where you're just like oh, it's got, it, hand.
1: Well, the art throughout it, it's great. Yeah. The the bit commissioned for the books, so are like, ooh, love the love the art direction. The photos they were taking of the models as well. It was very very, the way AOS does it now is is based on that. Before it was kind of wasn't quite that, didn't have that feel to it. Yeah, atmosphere.
0: Yeah, the atmospheric so like, like where they were like building it. sets essentially, right? Like they didn't really mm. do that. Yeah, up until then. Yeah, go on.
1: Yeah, we had, we had some of that, but they kind of took it to a next level uh, when with the uh, End Times books. Yeah. But it really it felt like a testing ground for what AOS was going to be become. But because it was such a hard shift, it just kind of turned so many people off.
0: Yeah, uh, I f- I feel like when the when the old world does come out, I need to have you come back on and talk to the old world. You'll be like um, you know how like the Key and Peel I don't know how much you know comedy sketches or sketch comedy you watch, but um, Key and Peel have the anger. So uh, they have the anger, angry, anger translator from the o- Barack Obama days, and like he'd, you know, Obama would be have speak with cadence and have to be measured, and they have his like anger translator. You can be my old world translator, and you can like tell me why I should care about the old world and stuff like that, and you can come on and help us, you know, translate old world to like maybe an AOS. Uh, community like I I love AOS it is it is um, you know I I played Warhammer Fantasy Battle um, but like all my memories are intact from all that stuff and they're like they're fine you know like I have these memories the new thing existing doesn't remove those from me Um, Mm. but I didn't go through that trauma of them blowing up the thing I loved while I was still playing it which I think is Mm. is something that we can be a little dismissive about in the AOS community it's a little it's it's a lot easier for me personally to have come back to a new game than it would be for exactly me exactly as I am now to have been playing it through that. I like I probably would have gotten a little vindictive and angry too. You know like it's it's different, you know like you know take, you know more people I'm guessing uh, looking at the fan base and how many people play Age of Sigmar right now compared to Warhammer Fantasy Battle, we have a lot more people playing Age of Sigmar. That never touched a Warhammer Fantasy b- battle game, than ones that did. That would be my I, like hypothesis. I,
1: I have that feeling too. I think so. Yeah. So
0: there's, there's
1: still yeah.
0: So it's really there's easy to be like that
1: to yeah. play
0: it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a now you have people who kind of like you who stuck with the transition, like toughed it out. Um, you've got you know friends, you've got people like me who like happened to miss the end time and we just so we didn't have to live through the trauma, you know. And you've got like. You know, you've got and you've got all the shades in between. Um, it's I, I think that as an Age of Sigmar the Age of Sigmar community, in in my vein and my quest to be more excellent to people and help people be more excellent to themselves and each other, like, you know, it's it's easy to forget, especially if you're a newer player who never played Warhammer Fantasy Battle, you didn't have to like think about that to just kinda like be smug about the old world and be like, <laughs> you think blew up and now I have my thing that I love. Um, it's easy to, to kind of like not recognize that like it could have been really like think about like your favorite thing and if you're currently playing it and they say your favorite thing is done it's it's gone and then like how does that make you feel and now there's a new thing and someone comes up to you and says here's the new thing like you're probably gonna feel some like sort of recoil like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna recoil from that a little bit just you got your skepticism disarmed by a mini, but not everybody had that, right? Like, not everyone had that moment to sort of zen out and like, okay, like, we're good again. You know, not everybody had that ability or compartmentalization skills where you can go, okay, that was this and I can compartmentalize this and, yo, and now we can move on. And, you know, I I just, it's something I think about from time to time because the Age of Sigmar community to me is kind of the best gaming community I've ever been a part of. And I often think about like, well, how did we get here? And I think a, an essential part of that was the old world blowing up, because the people who make it through that got galvanized in a way in their the, in their passion, their love of the game. Like you had to endure your thing that you liked blowing up, then you had to endure the dark ages of no rules, sorry, no points, and then and then you finally get like a proper game, sort of like after that after that first GHB, and then certainly into second edition. You know the the, the mm the type of player that forms the base of this community that it has has had that trajectory i think is part of what makes and, and that's giving you credit is part of what makes age of sigmar such a great community because that sort of grassroots that strong foundation is what we build up from you know like that's yeah. you know there the the other like the other you look at some other communities and like some of the problems that they they have to deal with, and I don't think they ever got that like sort of strong galvanized foundation um, the way that AOS does. You know, I feel like the AOS community can kind of take can kind of take on a lot of stuff, and we're just excited to get people to come play our game and, and be like, hey, if you're cool, come play. Like, and you know, I, I think that that's really, yeah, I think that's special. I, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Long long winded way of saying that.
1: So mm. certainly, yeah. In the early days, like when we're playing like MoComp for points and stuff. Uh, it was everything was community. Just coming out of the community, coming out of like uh, you know, uh, South Coast GT, you know, face hammer types and uh, healing Hammer and stuff. It was all all coming from there. Mm-hmm. And so, like, oh, this could work. Mm-hmm. And then he D- came out and it's like, oh, the, yeah, it starts here. It starts here. I think mm-hmm. for many people.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah and and it's and tricky. then we have like the two babies, or like or, like you have the this. It's sort of like community surges, and we kind of double our player base with with two point um, Is where that's where like that really big big surge happens. We can look at the pro. We can't really like we can't really tell like raw numbers because Games Workshop has those, we'll never have those numbers. Whatever, that's fine. Yeah. But we can look at profits and go. This is where it, like like more yeah more than double the amount of money going in, going in here. Like so like this is where that growth period happens. We can look at that and go. I'm going to make an educated guess that that's about the time that we double in size and we've been, like, keeping this, like, path uh, kind of sense. Cities of Sigmar probably did actually bring back a bunch of people who were Warha- old Warhammer players, uh, like, mm. probably pretty specifically, like, I'd imagine, um, just a hypothesis. Yes, yes, certainly it's in, in sort of infused quite a
1: few people who are, who are kind of, kind of AOS-curious and it's like, well, I've got all these old minis, there's nothing here that I can do with them, and then suddenly it's like, there's a big tent, mm-hmm. and you just, oh, Yeah, yeah, just then, sure. everything
0: into yeah, it. Yeah, really and, then, and then once you're in, like, <laughs> then you're in. Like, that's, I mean, that's how it works. Like, oh, well, I mean, my Cities Armies is pretty cool, but what if I buy, like, a couple, like, a some Stormcast or Sylvaneth, like, to, to play it? You know, like, you think about, like, the, the business strategy that is Cities of Sigmar, and, like, and it's Kind of brilliant, like it's just as a yet another sort of gateway in from another sort of demographic of the fan base that so they're just trying to like, you know, grow. You know, again, it's it's about growth, right? Like that's that's sort of like the main the main name of the game when when you when you have these companies that operate at that level of of, of profit. It's, it they almost don't even look at the the amount of money they make anymore. They just look at the growth.
1: Potential markets or potential you yep know, yep ways market share companies. yep
0: yeah. so just looking at market shares and markets and and market growth and stuff like that so um uh I've read a book or two on it um, <laughs> 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 um no I, I the the um kind of resetting to the AOS and, and a little bit earlier point about like soulbound filling in the world of AOS I mean you're you're dead on there too the beauty of aos is it doesn't have it doesn't feel like it has those hard that hard frame around it the way that the the old world did you know like there's only mm-hmm. so much you can do and a quite literal sense aos can do anything you know there's the realms they say oh each realm is infinite and and which is in those hype video days it was oh yeah infinite is cool but then you like get here to just like a, an infinite blank white canvas and you're looking around and you're like oh okay it's a scene in the matrix
1: sort of thing where it's yeah. like it's like <laughs> yep
0: no exactly and uh, then you
1: upload stuff into it to actually make it into anything
0: else right like, right no exactly and and it's important go ahead go ahead sorry
1: <laughs> that, was that was it yeah but yeah, yeah initially it was just like it was just so amorphous mm-hmm. it was just mm, again mm-hmm. there was like there was no there was no points and there was no structure to the world itself It's just mm-hmm. like I need something to latch onto just as a sort of a, a primate <laughs> Mm-hmm. I need something, this little, little a lizard brain of mine to sort of latch onto, to, to sort of mm-hmm. make it real. Yeah. And the old world, obviously, was, was just our world gone off weird ways, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is very familiar and very easy to sort of get into. Yeah. Uh, even though they didn't actually explore that much of the old world beyond like Europe and a bit of Lustria, basically Europe and the old world itself and the new world, mm-hmm. like they didn't really go off to the east much apart from the uh, ogres and hobgoblins and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Cathay didn't touch They'll be touching it in, when the new edition comes out. Yeah, they reference it. And the old world was, old, was smaller than any of the realms. Mm-hmm. But at least. You could latch onto it initially before second edition came out and they described them as as planes with the chaotic bits at the end you can't yeah when we
0: finally got the map you know that was really like a huge one
1: i think humans need parameters to like uh find your own place
2: Mm -hmm.
1: If, if there are no parameters whether whether you'll ever reach them or not you just feel a bit lost, but it's like, like being in deep ocean and mm-hmm. it's just like I wanna to go to land so but I don't know where the land is. Mm-hmm. So uh, so having that sort of the map the map's really right. The map's really 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 was a game changer. And now Soulbound is actually it's not just a blank ocean, it's like there's these there's these places here, there's these places here, these places oh, here. Oh adding adding people. like
0: outposts and stuff that like are like a literal thing or like or even just like a descriptor like, you know, devil's spine like you know, wasteland or just adding in these these names, like my brain then goes like, Why is it called that? Something really cool must have happened. You know, like they, they, that's those those parameters where you gotta give people something, right? I mean mm-hmm. like I said, me my personality is is like you'll give me like a box and I'm gonna like punch out of it, you know, and but like if there's no box to punch out of then I, even I feel a little betrayed. I'm like, oh there's what's the point if I can't punch out of this box? <laughs> <You> know, <like laughs> but, no, no. Break. Yeah, break. yeah. There's nothing to break here. Like this is no <laughs> fun. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. No, I think that I think that rubs for for rule. I think it rubs that way for rules. I think it rubs that way for narrative. I, I think especially with Age of Sigmar, like sometimes we we do get caught up. We talked about that tip of the iceberg analogy earlier on. That that brilliant analogy you came up with. We're talking about tournaments a lot, you know. Um, and I I think that we sometimes think of age of sigmar players especially on that that tournament side as not caring about the lore or not caring about the minis as much they're just here to play games they're just here to win and so on and so forth i'm like yeah but there's a reason they're in in age of sigmar instead of 40k or instead of um you know magic the gathering there's there's a lot of competitive there is not a lack of competitive nerd games out there and there's probably a lot more like Soft nerd fields out there. If the objective is to win at nerd stuff, right? Mm. Then Age of Sigmar. So like, I don't, I don't quite hold to the idea that like an Age of Sigmar gamer, even a even a whack tournament player, is here just to win and they don't care about anything else. I think that you gravitate towards stuff because you you see some form of yourself or some identity thing, or or maybe it's because your friends play it and that's that's why you're here. That's a worthy reason as anything else. But I think that like Age of Sigmar as giving having a, a strong or focused identity on something is very important. You know, mm. I talk about it in, in the design of books all the time or the, the, the models, you know, like I look at the Vircos and I go like, I, like these aren't just like, these aren't just like, v- you know, vampire dictionary definition of a vampire. And it's just like the, no, this is, these are games, workshops, fucking vampires. Like these are mortal realms Vampires and my my imagination is stirred. Like then I start to think about all the other. Well, if it looks like that, well, what if they're, yeah. So like they're they're from Ulf and Karn but what if they were on Akshi instead? And you start to like really, you know, run a, run wild with it, you know. And and mm-hmm. I that's that identity that I mean that I, that's very important. Like just giving people something, like you said, latch onto. And...
1: Yeah, it's like you see in lots of RPG books as well. You like you have plot seeds and stuff, idea seeds, or. Mm-hmm. You need these little things just so you're not just floundering around, mm-hmm. Just, 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 just uh, I'm a biochemist when well, I studied at, at, at university with biochemistry and like to start a reaction off, you just need a couple of things to sort of like join together and then other stuff or catalysts work that way, they just mm-hmm. provide a place for the reaction to happen mm-hmm. and what these give you is a place for the reaction for your imagination to happen and work and it just makes the whole process faster. Yeah. It'll happen, but it'll be a slow sort of coming together of ideas, rather than something that goes, "You could do this," and "You can do this," and it just happens.
2: Yeah, yeah. So,
1: uh, so yeah, catalyst for ideas is what you need—the background to be—and and so they can go that way with your hobby, you can go that way with your narratives, you can go that way with your gaming, you can go that way with your campaigns. So yeah, yeah, that's
0: no, great. Way it's to yeah, good time. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I promised I'd mention it, um, so I'm gonna go back to it where I talked. I caught myself getting caught in the, um, in the taking for granted, a story that was told already. So like, uh, Witcher two just came out with its new season, and uh, I've, I've never played the games. I, I have the first and second one. I've tried to play the first one like three or four times. Uh, like I just, I said like the game, the controls are so like archaic. And, and antiquated. It's like it's it's it is a chore to actually play, so it is not fun. Right. And games should be fun. My brother's a
1: big, big fan of the game. But I've I, not played it, but anyway.
0: I'm a huge fan of the book series. Like I, I read like uh, he,
1: he the books as well. Yeah, but in the game, he's he's
0: he's an yeah. ultimate game. Like if but I've not tried. Yeah, the books are uh, like if if. So, like I, like, I have a – like, I'm a huge Stanford for – like, I love short stories. I like writing short stories. I like consuming short stories. To me, like, quintessential – like, I love, like, the anthology style of fiction where it's, like, a you know, collection of short stories from, like, someone you really like and maybe there's a couple poems written in there. And so, like, the original, like – like, I re- – I, I you know, huge background of, like, gigantic fantasy nerds and my uncle was, like, the OG sci-fi Trekkie nerd who, like, had VHS trading clubs and, like, just, like – when I talk about like the old guard of nerd, like he's the old guard. He, he like he was like there at the ground when nerd started. Like that that was him. That was my uncle. Um, and so like I always got like exposed to like these these like really kind of cool stuff uh, like growing up. And um, you know part of how I got exposed to nerdery is like you know, some of it was from my uncle, some of it was from my peers. Who and and usually my friend my friend Sam and his older brother were like just pivotal in my in my nerd indoctrination and um, and uh, in the like early 2000s, like sort of late 90s, the Witcher books had like fan translations with like basically little better than like newspaper print, like just cheap, crappy. Probably some university student printed a thousand copies of them. They ended up at like a half price mm-hmm. books or used bookstore, or or uh, you know my f- f- friend's uh, older brother uh was in like nerd swap. Meeting because that's what you do you have like conventions You just like swap you know nerd shit around And you pass it around like it's contraband And, and so like I read the Witcher uh, Witcher Young uh, Well younger uh, and then I ended up finishing it About the time I was working at Barnes and Noble And I think that's about the time It, it actually got like an American uh, They started actually publishing them in, in English was in the in the Like the 2010s I think is when they started getting published So the point is I, read, like, I finished these over like a, a Like a decade ago Um and, uh, I was first introduced to them like 20 years ago. Um, and, uh, and I've never played the games, which is how most people know it right now. And I've
2: yeah.
0: only watched like five episodes of the, of the, of the series so far. And by the way, the series looks great. Like it's so far so good. Like thumbs up for me, what I've seen so far. I haven't stopped watching it because I don't like it. I've stopped watching it because I get distracted easily. Um, and I forget to do, keep, to finish things. Um, And I was having a conversation with people who were having a conversation about Witcher, and in my mind, Witcher is the completed book series, right? And I took for granted that their interpretation of the Witcher is, like, the video games and the TV show. Now, it wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't one of these, like, vitriolic fights you see on, like, Twitter between, like... You know, whatever various fandoms, but it was just like I utterly just in my brain. I my brain had solved for that equation. It's just like oh, I've yeah, I've read this. I've gone through the journey. It's like like in fact, Siri is an adult in my mind because I'd already read the whole stories and like I'd finished the stories. And no spoilers here. Where but Siri grows up. Everybody, um, like and uh, so like she's already like like oh, she's like. She's like growing up, and so in my mind, like she's growing. People are like talking about this. I'm like, and they're like, they're talking about like all the like the cool characters in the story. I'm like, oh, Siri's so like an awesome character. And they're like, she's a kid, and I'm like, um, for part of it, <laughs> and like I found myself, I was doing the old world World Warhammer guy. I be I was the old hammer guy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, where like this is how like you know, these characters from from the Warhammer are, and, like, and what's going on in Age of Sigmar is, you know, not... And I just, like, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, we're we're all... You know, like, we get these sort of, like, memories that lock in place of things. And they kind of, like, Mm. become, uh, you know, sort of sacrosanct, or they become, like, unassailable. And if you're not paying attention, you don't even realize you've done it. And if you're not particularly astute in social situations you almost don't even recognize like the bias you're operating on is incongruent with the, with the conversation even at hand, you know, like what, Mm -hmm. and like, I just, I totally, I didn't, I didn't even think about it. Like I, I didn't think about, Oh, they're talking about the game. You know, like I didn't even, and like, I might as well have been like, Oh no, carry on, you know, carry on citizens. I have nothing to say to you. (laughs) I could have just, you know, it was, it was so weird. It was such a jarring moment where I'm like, Oh, like where I'm like, like I'm being the stuffy nerd now And you know we all Obviously we have it and the important part is like recognizing When it happens and like adjust Recalibrating for the future but it was just Yeah I, I've, I said I would come back to it more on that later Right and I just I had to mention About the when we were on the subject Of like of, of old hammer Or the world that was Because I never finished the world that was You know I for me it just it stays In this like unsolved kind of Solved unsolved mystery type thing where I'm like I know I know where this goes but like I wasn't I didn't solve it you know mm-hmm. which is a lot different than when you complete the story or when you complete the journey or you complete the equation and so like I got to stay open to Age of Sigmar and I, I it's really I think it's really awesome that that you sort of like went through the whole the whole uh, sh- uh, you know thing and you're still you know not only did you you know, go through that whole thing, but you also like a- expatriated to Japan, and you're still you're bringing this love of Warhammer kind of in a totality. Uh, you know, not hating on Age of Sigmar. You know, which seems to be like the stereotype for for
1: that's an easy way to go, I guess, but not not one that appeals. Yeah, I'm, the, the idea. am going back to the idea. The name of the the our group Jugs was Japan's United. Yeah. I really have the feeling that I want to bring everything together. So I've got I've got friends in the old town community, and I, I still play you know you know uh, one fantasy in some of the older editions. I've got friends in Age of Sigmar, and I play Age of Sigmar happily, and Warcry, and um, you know Underworlds, and all sorts. Uh, but and to me, it's just it's, I just see this long like a spectrum, a long line, long timeline, mm-hmm. and people in some of the other groups they just see this little bit and this little bit, a little bit, and I just want to just it's like these people really get on really well with these people if only there was just something that could connect them mm-hmm. and just bring them together so just trying to do that yeah that's been that's a major major thoughts behind everything and then yeah
0: yeah yeah i think so extremely- <laughs> no it's i think it's awesome man i this really admirable i mean we've had a few conversations on twitter and 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 uh a little bit in in twitch the other day and um, I've been kind of like perusing your content, like off and on from afar for a little bit now, and and it's just, I like it's that sort of like uniting the clans, you know, uh, it, it bring tying the adjacencies together, or 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 building those bridges between that stuff. Like that's the cross pollination, like all that stuff's going on. It's pretty great. So, so I just want to uh, glad I, I got to talk. On. Yeah, go ahead.
1: What was I, that? Um, I play Forty K as well, obviously, uh, and I played it since Road Trader. Mm. Days, first edition of it. Uh, and then like, well, a decade ago, the Horus Heresy came out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I played that too. Mm-hmm. I played that, I played that. And there's less, there's not the animosity you see between strict Warhammer fantasy players and AOS players between the groups between the 40k players and 30k players they're,
0: they're too busy players. they're too busy being angry like age of sigmar players and 40k players are too busy like being mad at each other to like to have the infighting with 40k it's i mean it's obvious right no um i'm, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> look i'm being flippant i have it, no idea it, there,
1: are, there are certain there's certain people in 30k who are like get angry at stuff that's weird uh, uh I, I'm, and things in old fantasy some of the old guard maybe but no, yeah. well, everyone I've met has been really nice. Mostly, like really nice. Well, I, I think
0: I think people you meet will tend to. I mean, this is a, this is the I, I made fun of social media a little bit earlier. I mean, this is the problem with like meeting people. Like, me, when you engage people on a on a personal level, usually people are cool to each other. Like, they don't. Mm. It's it's this sort of like scrubbed away anonymity, like zoomed out, like social media um, interaction. That's when I think when people and then we 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 make the mistake as individuals of of like assuming that the internet is real and it's not it's just it's just fucking not um <laughs> uh yes chat gang i'm a figment of your imagination the show right now does not exist um but no i think that there's there's some of that going on right now and i think that's that's just a microcosm of of society happening you know playing out mm-hmm. in in games um yeah, no. I think, I, I gonna, go ahead, but go ahead. I think when
1: the Old World comes out, I think it will get to a place where forty k and thirty k are now. You think so? Where it's not. Yeah, I think that will be a changer.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so, but we'll see.
0: No, we'll I mean, see. I see, I don't think Age of Sigmar has the animosity towards Warhammer Fantasy Battle. I think there's a couple <laughs> dismissive jokes I there, but much. but like, I don't think the animosity feels like it comes from from old. From, like, the Ninth Age stuff, you know, people who are like, oh, like, I I fucking, all I do, you know, that Ninth Age, Kings of Hammer, or whatever the heck the other, like, Warhammer not Warhammer Uh, game is, like, it feels like it comes from there, directed towards Age of Sigmar, and Age of Sigmar mostly just doesn't even know they, like, I am aware of it because I'm eternally curious and I, you know, I have a talk show, Um, but um, I don't think the average, like, AOS player, like, it's that, uh, it's that Mad Men gif that you see every now and then, the Mad Men meme, where, where like they're in the where the the, uh, the character's in the elevator and goes, I don't even think of you. And I think that's the AOS, AOS player's perspective toward like the Warhammer Fantasy Battle person who's, like, vitriolic. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, and uh, people who get into Warhammer via, like, Total Warhammer, or, like, Dawn of War, I don't think there's any animosity whatsoever, because they're just, like, fucking excited about the game, and then they find out there's a tabletop game, and they're like, fuck yeah, let's go! Um... You know, so it's it's um, I'm I'm be interested to see if if the old hammer does come out, or if the old world. Sorry, I keep calling it old hammer, that feels derogatory. Um, if if the old world does come out, if Age of Sigmar is going to feel like the middle child, where they're like you've forgotten us, and then some animosity is going to come out of the Age of Sigmar community. Okay. You know, because right now they're the baby. You know, you've got. You know, old, you've got like the older, the older brother, or, you know, you got big bro or big sis, which is 40k. And, um, I don't even really like, I don't even really register 30k as a different game. It's just, you know, like that's, that's, that's the space one. Um, <laughs> 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 um, and that's, that's the one with the mahreens. And sometimes I guess you play your Primarchs. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> um like, uh, that's that's my ignorance though. Like, um, no, with I, I'd be interested to see though, because Age of Sigmar is clearly like the new baby, and Games Workshop's putting a lot of effort and a lot of a lot of a lot of resources into them. By the way, while I'm on this. I recently had it pointed out to me the number of armies that have actually released for 40k as well, and it's something like six or seven in the last six or, six or seven years. Also.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and like this narrative I was seeing on Twitter with some of the what I would call ter- call grognards, some 40k grognards or chuds on were like, "Oh, the games workshop doesn't care about 40k anymore and they only care about like Space Marines." And then like, that isn't the truth. Like I I'm like, "Okay, yeah, all I ever see is like a different like Space Marine released on the like on the model thing." You know, so like in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, they're always releasing Marines. They're always re- releasing Marines, and then I'm like, and then I'm like, oh no, let's like literally check the tapes. And they've released like six new armies uh, in the last like seven years, and had like two major hobby line revamps in in Sisters of Battle and uh, Orcs. No, like, Orcs. now? and Marines
1: themselves, obviously with Eighth Edition. Now, three like,
0: three huge army revamps, right? Mm. Like that's actually a really good pace like what the like where did this narrative come from that 40k isn't getting new armies like that's just patently not true
1: yeah oh, most of the ones um, could, i suppose they could say because lots of them are imperial so it's like you got your knights and stuff and you got the guys yeah knight, knights and knights and, stuff, and, and... and adeptus, Ty- adeptus mechanicus came up but yeah. they're all new effectively in terms of having an army you can play with yeah, but that's like
0: complaining that, like, Order keeps getting new armies. Like, we get it, like, Order's gonna keep getting new armies. Like, like as a death player, I've been spoiled these last couple years, because I got, like, one new army and, like, half of it, like, a model range revamp. You know, and I'm like, I'm good, you know, like, I'm, you know, I, I no complaints here, but, um, you know, there are certainly, like, model ranges out there that need something. But, like, I mean, that's... I don't know, like, it, it's it's weird, like, obviously they can't release six armies a year, and that's just impractical. And I just, it, I don't know, it's weird, like, because Age of Sigmar's had a really good clip, obviously, of releasing new armies. Obviously, it's a new game. Um, yeah. But, but even 40k they've been keeping on top of, and as someone who just doesn't play 40k, I just kind of like, whatever random narratives i see become dominant on twitter without looking into it i just go oh yeah that's that's that must be true cuz like 16 people in my twitter feed just said that and agree with each other and i'm like and then and then i actually had someone say no this is how many armies came out list them all and then i'm like i look at it and i like you know do a real quick independent research google search type thing and i'm like oh shit no they've gotten like a, they've gotten like a new army every year who cares like that old narrative is just wrong mm mm-hmm. and uh just- Go ahead. Uh,
1: It's just stuff that gets stuck in some people's psyche. Yeah. Uh, Like, and and the blinders come down, and the the the, the words they've learned come out without thinking. Uh It's going straight, straight from the spine, straight to the mouth, not going for the brain. Yeah. uh, That's just that, really.
0: Yeah. No. (laughs) It's it's Go ahead.
1: Well, that's right, really.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No. No. And and so I I just kind of going back to this old world. I I'd, I'd be interested to see if the Age of Sigmar community acts like the middle becomes the middle child where they're like they get that like secret resentment t- in two direction you know that they don't really it comes out in microaggressions and the, and like and passive aggressively but they're not re- you know middle child syndrome right um playing on that I don't know if it's a real thing it's just you know the the, <laughs> I, the meme of what that must be or if it will be closer to like the 30k 40k thing where like finally the 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 sort of like vitriol is staved from the the old uh, the old hammer players, the the the, the people who want the um, Warhammer the old world, if they'll finally like, they'll get their thing and they'll be like, yo, all right, we're chill now, like it's cool, and it really will just be like 30k and 40k with you know fan- fantasy stuff. Uh, that's my ideal scenario. Like I want people to have the things they love. You know, I you know a little bit of the you know the only time you look in your neighbor's bowl is to see if they have enough type thing. Like I you know I'm happy with what's in my bowl and. I don't need to look in yours and compare. Like, um, so I hope that everyone gets what they want. You know, it just that's that'd be cool. Games Workshop is a huge company. I think one of the main reasons they're doing uh, uh, Warhammer: The Old World is because they have enough of a knowledge of the demographic that they can launch a whole new line and scoop up some extra uh, players. Quite frankly, right? Like they yeah. they they've it's looked at
1: out there to get more players in. Yep. Uh, Cuz growth because is because something that's gone away that that the old the sort of clinging to the old world after maybe many people felt the same as I did it's like really uh, I wasn't finished with this.
2: Mhm.
1: <laughs> so they've continued in these sort of groups and these groups have not faded away or got or shrunk or anything. Yeah. Like imagine the ninth age earlier. My impression of it there's some people who are very 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 hardcore into it. The initial kind of surge into that has kind of petered away. I think mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't feel that there's as many Ninth Age players around as there were. Not that there were that many. Um.
0: As soon as the uh, as soon as um as soon as Cities of Sigmar came out, they all came and played Age of Sigmar. Like it really yeah. like it, they just a bunch of them just stopped playing Ninth Age and came and like finally like rebased their models because that's really that's really what they were mad about. They just didn't want to rebase their models. This, as far um, as I, I can I, tell. Not- <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I've I've, I've had to rebase some stuff too, I I get it, but like, it really was like, fine, like, they had to have enough carrot to be like, fine, I'll fucking rebase, like, that's what happened, (laughs) as far as I can tell. (laughs) But it's like, now it's like the people who still want, like, uh, Warhammer the Old World to come out, it's like just the fucking Bretonian players, like, they're just like, please, but like, <laughs> I just want to play fucking New Britonians, and then like every time like a new uh, Age of Sigmar army comes out, they're like, "Fuck, on a fucking cavalry army." I just want sweet dudes in armor on fucking horses, and then like games are working like, up. All right, so we're gonna release horses, but they have weird hats, and you know, they they <laughs> just want knights in armor on horses. Okay, like throw throw the Bretonian players a bone, I guess. <laughs>
1: They'll come. They'll come. <laughs> yeah, they'll,
0: they'll come around. No, it's fine. Uh, I mean, that's the thing, though. Is Games Workshop does release like generally great models, and and you want to see like, I mean, that that sort of like enemy of potential of like what might be that that the horrors of expectation, right? And people have expectations, so um, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's human. So hopefully, everyone gets what they want. Um, again, I love what you're doing in in, in um, you know. I love what you're doing over there uh in Japan. Um, you know, this grassroots, building a community, uh, you know, keeping the passion alive through some real adversity, um and really kind of trying to unite the clans, you know, um of, of all these passion projects. I think that's really radical, man. Um so uh any any final thoughts, any any last digital soapbox moments?
1: I don't think so. I think I think I think we're good.
0: Think we're good. All right, you need to shamelessly promote all your stuff and tell everyone how to find you on the internet and where to find your content. Because if uh, people need to pay attention to your content, it's actually really great. And you do something that so few content creators do, which is you're consistent, and so consistent stream of like hobby and narrative coming out from from your your content. Where can people find you?
1: Okay, you can find us on YouTube, which is uh, Jugs Japan's United Gaming Society. Um. If you search for maybe the Master Tavern Keeper, which is this, that will probably come up on Leeds. Yeah. Uh, the Master Tavern's History of the Old World. That's our podcast on uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podmean. Uh, that's out every week, every weekend. Um, if you look for uh, Bizarrely Advanced Hero Quest on YouTube, search for Battle Reps there, Jugs will probably come up that way.
0: 'Cause
1: it's got quite a lot of views, those those bat reps are. They're ongoing.
0: Yeah, bat reps uh, are huge. Uh,
1: yeah. And if you're in Japan, then reach out to us. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. Uh look for jugs. Uh, that'll be I think that's at uh Dami Mix which is D E I M I M I X.
0: Alright, right on. But, and I'll 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 have yeah. the links in the down there part in the in the show notes for everybody to to check out uh watching this back on the on the vods uh or listening on Spotify and all that stuff. Um and then uh like you mentioned like the Facebook communities for for actually like sort of broader Japanese uh, gaming groups. What were those yes. again real quick? You want to reset? Oh, those? so
1: ones? we have we have our own Facebook page which is also jugs at chiba wargamer. Uh, but the main one, I'd say the main one in Japan, if you're coming over from Japan as, a, as an expat or coming over here to study or work here for a couple of years, you should definitely go to the uh, Tabletop Gamers of Japan uh, site. It's got about 800 members in. Uh, and that's where you will link up with fellow gamers, be able to get games in, reach out, see who's nearby, what's playing what. Uh, out of the local base in just west of Tokyo, they have regular gaming now again. Uh, a to z gaming that's called right. if you're in Kansai or sakoe check out the rising sun uh website and aos gamers in japan has a website as well which is uh they're associated with the rising sun tournament
0: Right.
2: So,
1: uh, and over in kyushu they have kita q gamers which is a kita k-i-t-a with a q
0: yeah
1: and they've been going for years and years and years and years and years and they they're a really good group of people up in um, Fukuoka, I think, up in uh, northern Kyushu. So they're, they're like the three three main areas. And then it says, uh, who else have we got? Oh, if you are interested in uh, the world that was, old Hammer stuff, the stuff I do, there's also the uh, Crown of Command podcast, who, who really focuses on old Hammer stuff. If you really want to relive your youth, um, there's a... Yeah. Yeah, so it's a great, great little, great little group of people to follow, I think.
0: Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, thanks for coming on. Thanks for doing the show. This is a long um, overdue. And, you know, don't be a stranger. Um, chat gang, thank you so much for joining us tonight. You are the show within the show, the reason I do this thing. Remember to drink your milk, pay your taxes, and I'll see you tomorrow because we're doubling up on episodes this week because I have no uh, – my sense of self-preservation is way out of whack. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Uh, Good night, Damien.